This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. And of course they rag on me for not talking enough. <laughs> well, we're certainly trying to break that this time. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me now, bitch. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear my voice? Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by manadeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic-playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mice they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. It's just like, why? Not everything I do is, like, horrible. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't have it both ways, old man. <laughs> Jay Boosh. Damn it! Why am I always so ahead of the curve and then somebody <laughs> like Owen makes a deck popular and now I sound like every deck brewer on the planet? Scotty. It's actually a secret ploy for her to get you two to spend more time together. Your <laughs> mom next levels you. It's <laughs> you look serious. And Jeremy. Do you know how hard it is to buy Korean singles? No. And when you put Korean singles into Googles, do you know what you get? You don't get magic cards. <laughs> and now, the ATM. Hello. I'm Morgan Freeman, and I'm here to introduce my friends, Scotty, Jay, Jeremy, and KYT, and for the fat assholes, for 18 episode something, I don't know what episode this is, but it is the episode about Portland, and that I'm is the most important. I didn't know what you said, Jeremy, because you said like being a woman. Episode one ninety one. Hello. Hello and welcome to the A Team. Episode one ninety one. Wow, that's pretty good. Since when is Morgan Freeman <laughs> that German? Was, that was very good. Actually. Very, very good. I didn't know you had a Morgan Freeman. That was present. good? Uh yeah. Go that like was probably read, okay. Go like, read Jay's Twitter feed. Immediately the day after he landed yeah. in Portland, and you know yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Jeremy, if you weren't such a fat asshole, <laughs> I wouldn't have to. My feels. There's no way insurance is going to cover this. No. So, uh, while I was driving home from Portland, I had a thought. Whew. And I thought, since Scotty and Jeremy. Had not come to Portland. Fuck them, we should just do the show without them. <laughs> How are you guys? How was not Portland? It sucked, I bet. Yeah, not Portland was not fun. Um, I was in a hole covered in mosquitoes telling a hoe what to do. <laughs> telling a hoe what to do? A hoe what to do. Nice. I spent uh, I spent the day the weekend actually doing stuff around the house and hanging out with my wife, which was actually really good because like we Sweet. haven't actually been able to hang out for a while, so that was cool. Right on. Sweet. I saw you were watching television. Oh yeah, you're watching uh, uh, 
something Grove. I finished about, Hemlock Grove season two. Hemlock Grove. Yep, I finished it. Was it magical? Uh, it was very good. Uh, season one takes like eight episodes to get going, um, but then after that, like every single episode, including all like the rest of season one and season two, is ridiculous. So it was very very good. I was very happy. So I enjoyed. I recommend. That sounds nice. Watching TV is good. So, <laughs> what else happened in the magic times while we were gone and without Wi-Fi in Portland? Uh, you know who that sounds like? It sounds a little... Sorry to cut you off. It sounds a little like that pretentious cunt who has a show on TV, James something, and he does, like, actors inside of a studio, perhaps. You know that guy? And he was no. like, well, tell us about the time when you didn't enjoy making a movie. And then Tom Hanks is like, well, I can't do a good Tom Hanks accent. Mark Wahlberg's like, oh, I fucking love doing fucking movies, all right? That's not super great, Mark Wahlberg, either. But um, you guys don't know what I'm talking about? James something? James Patterson? James? No. Tom, well, James? No? Okay, well, anyway, what's up? What happened outside of Portland? You tell us. You go first. Nothing happened outside of Portland. We all sat and watched you guys in Portland. <laughs> oh. <laughs> None. None happened. None happened. Okay, well. Yeah. So uh, tell us guys, about Portland. Did you guys watch any of the Portland coverage? Because I didn't. Oh. Yeah, uh, I watched, um, I watched the, the amazing trio, the, the Peach Garden Oath, completely demolish everybody. It was disgusting. I was actually quite surprised because I heard that Reed did quite poorly at the Pro Tour. Yep. Yeah, but that's a Pro Tour. But then the other two did really well. Like, that's... I mean, should happen sometimes, right? Yeah, aren't they in yeah. the rank like number two, number three, and number four? Now, yes, it's hilarious. That's pretty good. Who's number one? Some fat <laughs> asshole. Wasn't it? Oh, it's oh, there's the new ones. I haven't checked the new ones yet. Number one is, uh, what's his face? Um, Paul Cheon. No. Is it Dizani? Did you say Paul Cheon? He did. It's not what he meant to <laughs> Dizani. say. It was it's still Dizani. Okay, yeah. 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 Obviously, he's player of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just wondered if they'd flipped over yet. So, so yeah. So, oh, because the year's the calendar year, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it, it, it works like it. He'll stay number one until... As as the year progresses, his points from last year drop off at the same stage. Right. So if he maintains his play, then he stays up. But right. if he doesn't do anything, then he'll start to fall down as new events go through. Yeah. But like Owen Turtenwald, Reed Duke, William Jensen, two, three, four. Like, tell me that magic is a game of luck. Yeah, really. <laughs> right. Like they were just lucky to find each other. They, yeah, totally. You realize that Shahar Shenhar dropped off the rankings. This, this yeah, week. I know. Wow. I'm just saying. No more Moxie, bitch. <laughs> this is, he's bitch. coming back. He's coming back. Coming back. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so it looked like coverage was fine. I mean, it was interesting because they had uh, GP Utrek too, right? I'm yeah. butchering that. But um, and that was standard, and that was that was okay. Like it was nice, kind of tuning into that for a bit because it was kind of right off the Pro Tour and people were playing, you know, a lot of the Pro Tour decks and 
And it was really, you know, super awesome to see Mono Blue Devotion, like, demolish everybody again, because that deck is so good. Um, yeah, it was me, like, shooting myself in the head. Um, but, uh, but the coverage of Portland sounded like it was good. Now, how was the event actually? Like, did it run well? Um, KYT can answer this, because that, Jay, I don't think you even fucking played, did you? Uh, well, we can start with that story, because then KYT could talk about how well it was run. Okay. I, leading up to GP Portland, could not get a straight answer out of the TO, nor the head judge, about what happens if I uh, do not show up for my match. Uh, so it was discussed that probably what would happen, uh, obviously my team can proceed, that's a given. They can win the team match by winning two out of three matches, and we would have a 2-1 record for that 1-0 match that we won. Um, but then we couldn't figure out what would happen uh, afterwards. Like yeah, because for tardiness, if you're a no-show, you're supposed to get dropped from the tournament. Right, and then in a team event, if I get dropped from the tournament, obviously my team can't just proceed. So we couldn't figure out what would happen. Am I allowed back in? Do they just drop? Are they allowed to continue to, oh, what happens if I have to take a big dirty shit or I'm sick or whatever? Who knows, right? So then I, I, we were talking like very close to right before Portland, and it wasn't official, but it was, a, but like it was kind of official that what would happen is I would get dropped and then my team couldn't proceed. And then I tried to figure out if I could get back in, and they didn't want to tell me. So I got there, and then I found out that as long as from a friend of mine, Darren Gamble, who is a, I can't remember, I think he's a level two judge. He might be a level yes, three yes. judge. Level two. He's level two? Level two, okay. Yeah. Um, and he's like an older, judgy guy, just so everybody knows. He's not like a 15-year-old Darren judge. Um, he's like a quite experienced judge. He's friends with Jason Ness. Uh, he's friends with Gavin something. Um, you who are very like prolific in the judge community, etc. Uh, he is like, well, why aren't you playing? And I'm like, well, I was told this. I tell him the story. He's like, well, that seems really ridiculous because it's always been that as long as you show up before the second match actually starts that you can undrop. Like, yeah, you'll, everything you said is true. You'll get dropped and your team can't continue, but you can get undropped. So, of course, I showed up with like an hour before the second round started because the first round ended, but then I don't know why it took like 45 minutes to start the second round. Um, but yes, so I did not play. Uh, and then my day one experience was me and Eve signing up for events, uh, like on-demand events, that never, yep. like basically just never fired. Like we waited oh, wow. like three hours for events to fire and they just didn't. So I, I just did uh, a lot of Artist Alley, um, which you can see on my Twitter. Um, I got a lot of really awesome stuff signed uh, while we were waiting. And then I just went back to the house and we partied and stuff, which I'll get to later. But yeah, that, so I was kind of disappointed. Huh. Like I think that I think personally that the TO and or the head judge should be able to come up with a like an answer. Yeah, other it than, like, sucks other than just like ring, right? Yeah, like that should have like there should have been a clear cut answer for you. They should kind of have yeah. that stuff figured out. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. I'm happy that you had the story to tell because you know it's a logical answer. Like Darren, you know, yeah. makes a lot of sense there. So yeah, and like. And that's what I assumed. My my big thing for me mainly was that I got I got shipped out there to be there to hang with you know people and do stuff. And I really wanted to play Magic with Eve because he was really excited and really wanted to be on my team. And 
I didn't want to sign up with him and a buddy because it would have been him and either some other person that got me there or his friend. It wasn't going to be one of mine because they all had teams like locked in long ago. And I didn't yeah. want to like, I didn't want to like set it up so that we're paying like a hundred dollars to play in this event and they get to play one round and then I show up and then they're just not playing anymore because if we're going to do that, they might as well just drop after registration. Um, and I and I mean like so I didn't I just I just said like you know there's team sealed that is that's going to be happening as an on demand event let's just do those two at a giants whatever let's just do that instead, um, but I would have I would have liked a little bit more organization especially because I was on top of it uh, basically from the moment that I was told that I was going because me and I had looked up flights and me and Mars and I knew I had the wedding on the Friday so I knew that at the earliest I'd be getting in is Saturday I knew that a long time ago. So I was trying really hard to get an answer out of them, and I couldn't, which was a little bit disappointing. Terrible. Yeah, but whatever. Not a big deal. KYD. Yes. And despite having a bona, tell them about your experience with Portland. My Portland experience? <laughs> <I'm trying laughs> How many people actually showed up uh, for this event? Um, it was well-read for the most part, I felt. Um, everything was running smoothly, but uh, we had, I think after round four, round five, there was, uh, that, that's roughly when, I think I was talking to you, Jay, and I was just standing forever, it felt like forever, because uh, DCI reporter had once again crashed and caused, like, it felt like an hour and a half delay, like, yeah. it just felt like a long, long time. But outside of that hiccup, I felt everything was smooth. It did help make me uh, put in, into question, and Jerry, you can maybe chime in uh, for me a little. I, I didn't feel like there were that many people um, getting deck checked. Like, throughout the uh, nine rounds I played on day one, I don't think anybody in my surrounding was getting deck checked. And I, I figured it, it'd take much more effort to do. You have to go through six people instead of, yeah. like, just two guys. And is that is that how... I just feel like Team Sealed just felt like... Not oh, that... Yeah, like in, in Team Sealed, when they deck check you, do they deck check everybody, or do they randomly deck check one of you? No, see, that's the thing, is you'd almost have to randomly deck check everybody because you have to compare, like, the pool to the cards. So... If you're a, if you got like two buddies who have decks and their own sideboards and stuff like that, like there's going to yeah. be cards that are just not accounted for. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So that might be the case that like when they do a deck check, like uh, I was on the deck check deck check team for uh, Montreal, and there was eight of us on the team. So uh, they call it swooping, and you go out there and you. Uh, usually what'll happen is like right at the start of the round, you'll get given a list and that list is like random. It, it, it's essentially somebody just like randomed tables. So you run over and you hit the tables up and you, so I'll get it and they'll be like, yeah, go to table 72. So it's like, okay, I run over to 72, wait till they present, jump in, deck check them. So I bring the stuff back. I'll have a partner sitting there during my run out there. My partner will have gone and grabbed the deck list out of the, the files. And we sit down, we go through the decks really quickly, we try and have them back out on the floor between five and seven minutes. So if you have the exact same size team, all of a sudden when you go to a table, you're bringing back not one deck, but you're bringing back, or two decks, you're bringing back six decks now. 
So it might be the case that like they're only doing two tables worth of deck uh, checks now, you know, two matches worth. Now, when you were done that first deck check, you would do a mid-round deck check. So you'd run right back out there and you try and find somebody who's at, at the end of game one going into game two. And when they present, you do a, a mid-round deck check on them. So, you know, like that's the case where it's like we used to hit up multiple tables. Like I used to be, we would pull 16 tables in every round. You know, in this case here, it could very well possibly be that they only brought in two tables, maybe four tables around. So deck checks are going to be way harder in a team event just because you have these massive pools and you're not going to want to do as many of them as possible because they're just so complicated. Like I imagine I heard that the, the cards were stamped with a number. Yeah. So like just trying to like tie them to specific tables or pools or something like that. Like that just, geez. That's that a lot of like work. Sounds like a judge's nightmare. Yeah, I have no idea how that would work. I'd be very interested to try it in the future, though. Mm. So, KYT, you've played, like, a bunch. You, like, you are, like, the most experienced person with Team Sealed, um, like, ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, how did this event, you said, like, the event was fine, but, like, how did it, how did you feel like it actually stacked up compared to your others? Because I know that there were a bunch of changes as well to sort of, like, the round structure and stuff that were implemented that I think this is your first time playing with, right, compared to your last one? Uh, well, I didn't make it to day two this time, so it didn't impact me. Um, I just want to touch upon uh, Jer, what Jer said. Like, there were no stamps for, for day one. Um, oh, no, that was only for the draft, the day two draft. Right, right, right. This you're opening, you're actually opening actual packs. And I just felt oh. like, to, to end that segment, I just felt like if, I just felt it would be really easy for some, some dude to cheat, is all I'm saying. And the passing was interesting because... We open our packs and we just switch. We switched our pack with the team in front of us, and that was the only pass. I mean, oh, I imagine, really? I imagine it's because it's kind of weird, like because you're the way we're being situated. It's it's really hard to like pass multiple times, but you know that was like it just felt like I don't know. Uh, not that I suspected anybody of cheating or anything. I just felt like the system, like we really have to for sealed events. It's like it's all about. Um, being honest and stuff. Um, but uh, for the changes, like er everything, it was a change that didn't impact us. It's a, the main changes day two were instead of drafting, um, a lot of people asked me like at the event how I felt, you know, how I would feel if I made day two versus now you get like a fresh uh, sealed for day two. And uh, you, you play that for uh, an extra s uh, six rounds, I think, on day two. With that, instead instead of drafting, and uh, I think most people seem to like it because it, it changes the standings like normally. Like you're not really stuck if you if yeah you you're lose. not stuck in a pod that where you're encouraged to do the first team to win gets both. Right, right, right. So, so, but yeah, that didn't impact us. But I think the the venue was great. Like everything, everything about it was awesome. And the day before. Uh, I was surprised. Like I found out a few days before flying in, uh, he, like uh, the Peach Guardian themselves, Huey, Reed, and Owen did like a, a quick. Uh, it felt like half an hour seminar on Team Sealed. Um, yeah. If you if you went there and, and and you know some of the basics, like it's it's not like they weren't giving you advanced stuff. It was. Uh, 
it was more for me, it was more reaffirming certain concepts that I already know. Like, you know, first you sort out all the unplayables, but it was just good to hear. And the one thing I did learn from their approach that I didn't implement was like they said that they would try, first of all, to make one color decks and just see how far that would take them. And maybe using that as a clue to, to see like the strength and weakness of each individual color to see which one would pair up and shore up the weaknesses of that one. So that was something interesting. And then we're like some quick tips, like, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. You don't want to be like an asshole teammate stuff that I already knew, but it was just like, again, fun, fun to have them do that. And, uh, uh that was enjoyable. So, and that said, how did your team do? Was there like a cylinder that wasn't firing for you or, <laughs> I, I love to joke about that. I love to joke about how Travis uh, couldn't couldn't get it going for us, but but that's not definitely not his fault. We we uh, we open our pools, and I, I talked about it uh, with them also. How you know we each flew from the east east coast, and flying from the east coast is very expensive to Portland, especially if you're coming from Canada, like Brian and I. Yeah, or Brian being in from Toronto. Um, uh, Travis Sowers being from North Carolina and you know my heart actually sank when we opened when we uh, were told by the head judge or whatever that this was our pool because we were making sort of making comments about it that like we practiced the night before we actually opened Travis brought a box and we cracked open like 24 if not 36 packs to, and built three three times together together and we rated uh, the strength of the pool and this one we were making fun of it because it was weaker than the three we had open last night, and some and one of the three wasn't even that good. So we had five staffs, the the life gain staffs at the uncommon slot that we obviously would have hoped for any bombish uncommon, and then we had rares that were very situational or just were not bombish to any degree. In the seminar, Owen Reed and Huey were like, yeah, you're, like every pool, you know, you're going to run into pools with like souls, right? Pools with uh, any of the any of the souls or um, any of the planeswalkers. And we just didn't have any. And I felt really bad, like, okay, we're just going to have to play a Super Series. But of course, uh, my team and I, our mentality is obviously like we have to make the best of uh, a bad situation and and it's possible that our opponents play worse with a better pool it's possible that they mulligan to oblivion we just have to give ourselves the best chance to win i i made a blue red tempo deck we we made the dredge deck for travis he, he had the most experience playing the dredge deck and uh we basically put all the rest of the good stuff to brian which was like a green white Tricket, uh, triplicate spirit splashing kerchieftain type deck with like siege worms, like no no bomb rares at all, and we managed to go six one to start off the tournament, which was awesome. Wow! With with Travis, we it was fun to make fun of him. He was like one five or one six with the dredge deck in the middle, um, because like despite having four undead scavengers, uh, the 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 card that comes in with plus one plus one tokens equal to creatures yeah. in all graveyards and having like Seder Wayfinder and the Necromancer's assistant, he had no way to, he couldn't outclock his opponent because they, that guy can be easily chum blocked 
And I think that he maybe with, while drafting the archetype or lack of experience, he failed uh, and we failed to recognize that he needed some way to, to punch through. We didn't have hot soup or anything, but he could have used like a burning anger that we gave to Brian. He could have used the brawler's plate to have trample. He could have used like other things and we just didn't see that. And so his games lasted long and sometimes he, he would lose even though he had the bigger creatures on the board. So, and, but funnily enough, he ends up winning the last two rounds that we needed to win. And me and Brian just can't close. Uh, we lost to Alex West's team the round, uh, the before last round. And we lost to Jackson Cunningham's team, uh, fresh off like his second place pro tour in the last round. And it's funny, Travis was playing against them. They're both the middle seed. It's like, so I think I recognize you from somewhere. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Travis was embarrassed to find out. It's like the Pro Tour, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh no, as usual, even though we did uh, not as good as before, I, I myself went six three with my deck. I was hoping to X one for the team again, but uh, didn't go my way. But the same, at the same time, it's still the best type of event I've ever been to because the bonding experience is is something else. I, I just feel closer to Travis and Brian more than ever before, and it just, it's just awesome. So I'm planning to do way more. Good. So that's fine. So you went 6-2. That was, that's rough. Um, what'd you guys do after the tournament? Like, so, so you guys busted out, and then what? Uh, it was uh, Saturday night. Uh, like, we, we all wanted to sign up for... Uh, the Sunday Super Series sealed. I felt a strong sense of, uh, you know, I kept pouting, I guess, but I felt a strong sense of uh, wanting to redeem myself. Mm -hmm. And the Saturday event, the main event was starts at 8 a.m. And so did the Sunday Super Series. So that was, that was unexpected. Usually I think they start at 9 due to the, the packs having to open and constructed events usually start at 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's 9 sealed, 10 for the uh, constructed. Yeah, so so something starting at 8 was like, ugh. So <laughs> I went went there and I think I 6-3'd again on uh, the Sunday, so that wasn't good. Um, but then plan, like, I wanted to I had thoughts of like going to the house on Saturday night, but uh, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, and Travis happened to book the hotel, uh, the Red Lion Inn. There, there happened to be two. Uh, there's one near the airport, and there's one right next to the site. And the site and the airport are roughly, I'd say, 15 to 20 minutes apart by drive, maybe even a little more. And Travis, I guess, got confused, or, or even the Wizard website through through their screwy website, he, he got us to like get a room at the airport one. So we were far from the venue and the house that the uh, heavy meta SVU house was actually even further than that was a good 25 minutes extra away from, from the venue. So we're talking about like 50 minutes from my hotel to the house. So I wasn't going to make that happen. Now is this by car or is it by foot? This is by car. Wow. Yeah, so it, it was like it was sad that it was all the way over there in the other direction. So, yeah. um, but I played that and uh, you know opened a better pool, uh, green white, 
a lot of comments, but I had like double triplicate spirits. I had all the I, I played overwhelm. I played sanctified charge. Felt good. Um, and, and then like Sunday night, I, w- I went to check out the house. But uh, uh, before I talk about that stuff, like Jay and uh, got to hang out with Jay over there. Um, but overall, Portland was DGP. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but I felt like it was DGP with the most. A-team fans, because I got approached there by more people than at any other GP. I probably signed, maybe signed more things there than at any other GP. I don't know if it's because of a lot of people are like Vancouver people coming down and and they've heard about me or know me and got to meet me for the first time. Sure. Um, But a lot of people were, were huge fans of the show. Like my last opponent, I believe it was, oh man, I forget. I think it's Adam. It's first name, Adam Wiener. Um, he was a huge fan of the show, and I mean, I just never, it's just never happened as much, so Portland's one of my new favorite places because of that, because a lot of people love this specific show and all of us, so, um, and of course, they rag on me for not talking enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're certainly trying to break that this time. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Listen to me now, bitch. That's true. <laughs> you hear my voice. So, uh, Jay, you obviously spent. So, how did you? So, you got in like an hour before round two started. Uh, what did you do yeah. with all of your time? Like, you spent some time in the in the alley, but like, did you have difficulty finding people? Was yeah, it like, like what happened? So, so I get there and uh, um, Skyler this guy from Twitter, uh, I put out that I needed a ride from the airport. Um, this is, of course, like 17 hours before TSG says he's going to pick me up from the airport, mainly because TSG tweeted me at like 5 in the morning that he was going to pick me up when I was in the air and had already arranged a ride. So great. Um, so this this like perfectly nice gentleman, Skyler, uh, decides to pick me up, which is like super excellent. And I was kind of worried, like I'm in America, and uh, a regular, like a random person is just going to pick me up. But then he said his wife would be there, and I thought, oh, okay, that's like probably fine. But of course, like I don't have any kind of coverage, so I'm like a little bit worried uh, that I'm not going to be able to find them. And he's like, no, don't worry, we'll make a sign and we'll meet you where you get off. And I'm like, okay, perfect. So I get off the plane and we go, like, Portland, like, America's airports are crazy, but Portland is especially crazy. It's got, like, four floors um, and shit. Like, it's it's a crazy place. So we go upstairs, and, of course, they're waiting at arrivals downstairs. So now I'm like, I'm, I'm like, ah, I think I went upstairs when I got off the plane. I'm pretty sure I did. So I'm going to, I should probably go downstairs and see if they're there. Of course they are. Um, and so Skylar and his lovely wife, Britt, are there and we hang out with them. They drive me to Portland. They're super nice people. We had like a really great chat. It was about like, uh, I'd want to say like 30 minutes from like by the time we got to the place. And then um, I hung out with Eve and Brian for a bit. And then me and Eve, um, we like, what did we do? Oh, we signed up for an on-demand thing. And when that didn't fire, I went to Artist Alley. And then we decided, okay, well, this on-demand team seal is not firing. So let's just do two at a giant instead. So I stayed in Artist Alley. And then our two at a giant fired. So I did play a two-headed giant 
tournament, I guess you could call it, from like, uh, it was five rounds, and it probably ended at like seven or eight. So I want to say from like two o'clock, maybe. Um, but we opened like a bombless pool. Like our, our best card in our pool was like, I, th- I think we had a triplicate spirits, but we had no raise the alarms or anything like that. And then we had like like four of our rares were like unplayable rares. And then we had like that perilous vault, like the wrath that we were playing because I had a hoarding dragon and we just needed a card that beat your bombs because our we had no bombs. So we had a buy in the first round after the judges were trying to figure out how to do the pairings because they were like, well, this isn't going to work because everybody's at a separate table, but they're teams. So how will we figure this out? And I was like, well, I'm not really keen on sitting around waiting for two judges who look overwhelmed to figure out how they're going to do this. So I suggested that they just go through it and just pair people and we can find our own tables. Like we only have 10 of them between the, the you know, 20 or so teams of us that we, we could find tables ourselves We're adults. So they did that. <clears throat> and of course, because my name starts with a T, we were at the bottom of the list, which means we got the buy because there was an uneven number of players. Lucky us. So that was great. We had our first win. Then we beat our second round opponents. Um, we outplayed them, though. We, they had way better decks than us. We just happened to um, get lucky and play better than they did. Um, and they, 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 I don't know how much they misplayed, but they missed like some things, and we were lucky enough to kind of get them on it. Um, and then we got like smashed by our third round opponents who opened like soul of, is it Chandelar the red one? Yep. They had had that one. They had the green one. They had, and then they had something else. They had like other bombs they were playing. Like they, and they, and they five owed. They won the tournament because it was, it was fucking crazy. Like their pool. So they, then in our fourth round, we played a, Husband and wife team that were very intense, I guess is the okay. word for it. No, you could probably <laughs> find a better one. Explain. Uh, okay, so so they, I mean, it's the classic, like, underestimate your opponent's gamble, where, like, basically they showed up and they were kind of not seemingly super great, and they were the kind of, like, team where like she basically just holds the cards for him while he tells her what to do even Uh, though i could very easily tell that she knew how to play magic at least in some form like she she was not that girlfriend like and that's and it's fine to have a wife or a girlfriend that's like that if they if they're new or they just if that's the entire kind of experience that they want to have is that they just want to show up and, and hang out with you and basically just let you make the decisions that's totally fine but you could kind of tell that she was used to it, but was sick of it. Um, so that was a little bit annoying for us. And then, of course, so we underestimated them, thinking like, well, they're like just going to shit the bed. That's fine. Whatever. We're going to crush them and outplay them. But Eve had really terrible draws in all of our matches. Like, there was matches where he drew... There was multiple matches where he drew 14 of his 17 lands. And so it was basically like two on one. Um, and then they had two, basically the, the way that they won the match, it was actually quite good. I was, I had just finished telling Eve how I feel that Plummet is a main deckable card, especially in, in the bigger 
pool event, like yeah. sealed and, and two at a giant. And, um, and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I basically, I think it's basically Doomblade in these formats. So I would, I would play it. So we, we, we put it in our deck to play, not our sideboard. And uh, so there was two turns where I played my Hoarding Dragon, then they uh, killed it with, a pl- like with an instant plummet with the trigger on the stack so that I could either find something and exile it or I could find nothing. Yeah. Uh, and then I reanimated it, and they did it again with their second one. Ugh. So it was kind of brutal for me. But, um, but yeah, like, so, so we lost that match. And then, like, we were basically, if we'd won that match, we could have drawn with the, um, our last match. And we, all four of us would have gotten, I think it was like 200 tickets each or something. Or might have been even more than that. I think it was like 400 tickets. So each. what was the actual landed value of a ticket? It was like 90 cents. Okay. Um,. I think something like that. So it's not terrible. It's not terrible because like if you if you went five oh you got like two boxes worth of tickets or something like that. Hmm. Like you that's how, that was the value of tickets that you that you won. Yeah, it's like what two um, tickets a pack. I think yeah, I think it was like something like that, like nine or something. The thing is, I didn't spend a whole lot of time looking at the prize wall because I didn't have any tickets, so I didn't. And it was like it was swamped, so I didn't want to like wait like quote unquote waste my time with that because I didn't have anything right so I didn't want to sit there and and look at that stuff you know I'm not I'm not one of those people some people like shopping I don't like shopping I like buying um so yeah so I we I did that and then so we were talking about drawing we couldn't draw uh, obviously because we lost so our best bet now is like we win our last match and we're like 3-2 which I think we get 20 tickets um, like the disparity, it falls quite heavily. Mm. So we just figured, fuck it, we'll just drop. Um, we weren't having a great time because our deck was just absolute garbage. Um, and then what did we do? And then I think we, we, I like walked around the, um, I walked around the hall a bit and saw some people. I agree absolutely with, um, I agree absolutely with KYT uh, about like the most popular A team or the the highest number of A team fans there. I got approached by so many people, and not because of the the SVU thing, like not because of getting flown down there. Just so many people were like, "I'm so glad that you know you ended up making it." Um, I was so happy to hear that you made it down here because I was going to be here anyway, and I'm this person, and um, you know. This is so awesome to see you and blah, blah, blah. Um, although I, I did like, so the first day kind of sucked because the first day I didn't have Wi-Fi. So everybody's tweeting like, I'm looking for Jay Boosh. I'm at the site looking for Jay. And I had tweeted already a picture of what I looked like and saying I had a black shirt on that says my name on it <laughs> yeah. twice. Uh, and then I, and then like, and then so in the middle of our, um, in the middle of our first round of the of the of the what's it called two at a giant, where me and Eve are playing our decks against each other, because um, we had to buy. Uh, Kyt finds us, and then he goes and finds like Kevy Metal, uh, Slick Jagger, and Spivey, who is um, Desperate Ravings, yeah, and I think Maddie as well. And then Marcel showed up 
shortly after. But they all just kind of show up and they're like, hey. And then I was like, well, I know you're Kevin Metal. What's up, dude? And then I didn't know who any of these other motherfuckers are. And they were super excited to see me. And then they're like, I'm like, so what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're going home. And I'm like, oh, did you guys scrub out of the main event? They're like, no. We just showed up to find you and then we're leaving. And I was like, in my head, I was like, wow, that's weird. Like, I guess they're just coming to the GP to hang out? Yep. Okay, that's fine. It just seems weird that everybody's going to GP Portland just to hang out. We could have done literally anything else. Um, but yeah, so they, they saw me and left, and then um, what did I do after that? I just after I just walked around a bit, and then me and Eve went to the house, which was fucking bonkers and super great. Um, the first night, it was super great. <laughs> <laughs> so that first night was Saturday. Yes. So okay. they had been there since Thursday, I think. Yes. And so people basically were like, it's very, it's very weird being like a celebrity because like, okay, so there's, there's like three kinds of people that you meet when you're a celebrity. And I just made that number up right now. So I'm sure that okay, it might be thing. wrong. It might be wrong. But there's like, so there's the, there's the people that you talk to that hold you in a high regard, but are like quote unquote like you're sort of like your friends because you've talked to them a bunch right like 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 me and jeremy would be in this category if we hadn't met so frequently at like ptqs yeah um, or like me and kyt before we actually met were like that because we were on a podcast and stuff so these people generally treat you this the same way because like for example bruce lee i've never met he lives in i think toronto with scott right yeah so he and Scott has vouched that this guy's a cool guy. I play Dota with him quite often. Me and him are quite, we get along quite well. Um, I would consider him, if somebody had to ask me, like if I introduced him, I'd say this is my buddy or my friend or my pal, right? Like I wouldn't just say this is a person I met on, on Twitter. Yeah. I would say this is my friend Bruce. Um, so they normally will treat you the same way uh, or they'll treat you a little bit better uh, because you're actually in person and they're a little bit in awe of you. Then there's the people who uh, have, like, a really bad case of the, uh, how did somebody put it this weekend, of the, like, the wannabe cools or the, the have-to-be-cools. And these are the people that they, like, you're a legend to them, right? The stories that they hear about you in their mind are, are grandiose. They, especially if you have something that they can actually um, interact with you, like a podcast, a TV show, a blog, they, they can read that stuff. And these are the people that, like, these are the people that like call you by uh, your character name if you're an actor, right? Um, or these are the people that will ask you things like on episode 15 of the A Team when you guys were talking about this. I thought that was so great. And and like, there's nothing wrong with these people. Um, I'm like, I'm not being negative. I'm just saying like these th- these people exist. They love you, and they want to either be cool like you, or they want you to think that they're cool because I do it too. Everybody does this. Because humans are social animals, and so they don't want to be, like, ostracized outside of the pack, right? Right? Like, you, you call the weak. So, and they don't want to be made fun of or whatever, right? So, there's those people. Then there's, like, the, the, the last group of people are, like, the people that either don't like you but are pretending to like you or the people that like you so much that they can't talk to you, and both of these people won't talk to you. Um, it's, it's very odd to me. 
they're like in such awe of you or or they have such hatred for you but they'll still like hang around you because they don't want you to know that um so i i didn't i don't know if anybody hates me in portland but i had a lot of the other kind come up and just be like hey man you're jay bush and i'm like yep and they're like sweet that's so great that you made it and i'm like thanks man and i'm about to engage them in conversation and they walk away uh and they're not in a hurry for anything they just don't want to bother me um, like, I actually had to stop, like, three or four people and just be like, hey, man, so what's your name? And they were, like, taken aback that I cared what their <laughs> fucking name was. Yeah. And yeah. then I would immediately pull out my phone, and they'd be like, you could see it in their face. They were like, oh, he doesn't actually care. He's getting tweets from, like, Owen or Tom Martell or something. And I would just be like, I would just be like, how do you spell that? And I would write their name down on my phone so that I don't forget who they are. Because I'm terrible with names. Wow. Yeah. So there's those people. Uh, so the party on the first night on Saturday was fucking amazing, mostly because everybody was kind of chilling until I got there. The party was just kind of ramping up because it was still kind of early. I assume because a lot of people were playing events or were at the GP. Yeah. So like Marcel and Maddie were cooking and they were making amazing food. Like it sound, it smelled so great. Um, apparently Marcel is an amazing cook. I had no yes. idea. Yes, he is. Um, Maddie, of course, is in full dad mode, so he can cook if required. I'm sure that he he's he's probably a better cook than like most just married men are. I'm assuming because once you have children, you kind of have to be. I have no idea on that subject. But he also made some great like uh, food, like salads and fries. And uh, Marcel and his brother made this amazing. They kept calling it something tri tip cut of steak or something yep. it was like steak, it yeah. was like steak but they cut it into like roast beef slices yeah. it was the best fucking thing i've ever had uh my god and then there was like potato salad that was amazing broccoli salad that was amazing uh and then everybody was just kind of chilling and having a great time being drunk and uh and it got pretty crazy uh we got super hammered i made a lot of jokes everybody loved me um which was great i love that part of it <laughs> Um, that's my favorite part, right? Like we, and right. everybody was having a great time. And then, um, the, the thing I didn't know is there was two houses and I would later come to find that there was like an adult house and a children's house is how they labeled them. <laughs> so the children's house, for lack of a better word, is like the fun, heavy metal, slick Jagger, drunk house. Yeah. Uh, so rewind just a little bit. I had no fucking idea that slick Jagger was some kind of baller G. I thought he was like a polite little fat kid. Uh, so what? I'm playing. I'm playing. I, you don't listen to any of the stories I tell on this show ever. No, Pro- not at all. Not. I just forget them. I think. But like, so the thing is, I'm playing two at a giant with Eve, and and these people come up. Remember? And I was like, "You're you're Kevy." The flashback. You're Kevy Meta, and I, I don't know these other people. So Slick's like, "Hey, dude, I'm Slick," and I'm like, "Wow, I thought you were fat." And he goes beat red and is very upset with me because Slick has a small image problem. Even though he's like a tr- what you would call a traditionally attractive man. He's probably a traditionally man. He's very attractive. I, I would fuck him if I was one of these things that you, you can't say gay or bi anymore. It's like there's queer and there's all these different things. But if I was one of these not just only straight genders uh, or sexually... Uh, uh, if you oriented. were if you were remotely sexually ambiguous, yeah. you would yeah. be all over. Yeah, and I saw his dick; it's very attractive. So uh, I'm like, <laughs> you. I thought you were fat. He gets really upset. Anyway, later on, um, we're kind of hanging out. I had, yeah, like I had no idea that he was this kind of guy. So anyway, the children's house is like that house, and everybody's hammered, having a great time partying. 
um, you know, the neighbors are like, shut the fuck up. And then we're like making jokes in their face and, you know, um, those kind of house. And then the other house is like uh, Marcel and his brother, uh, Desperate Raving, so Spivey, um, who is a great, great human being. Uh, Jack Chan, I don't know if that's his real name. Uh, I just know that he's Asian and that that's what everybody calls him. And I really didn't want to ask because I don't know if it's racist. Like, if you meet an Asian person, is it, was it and then all these, all these white people that are drunk are like, this is motherfucking Jackie Chan! And you're like, okay. hey, nice to meet <laughs> so, you. And he, so, and he so doesn't th- immediately say, like, no, my name is, like, PYR or something. Like, P-Y-R. how do you fucking, how do you, is your name really Jackie Chan? And then he's like, yeah. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Is fuck. It, was it, was it the, 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 the shorter gentleman with glasses? Yeah. Yeah, that his real name is Jackie. Okay. Yeah. Is his last name Chan? No. Okay. See? So I was kind of right. Anyway. Actually, actually, it might be. I don't even know. It might even be. It so be. so anyway, so this is the adult <laughs> house, right? So it's Jackie. It's not. Two, Marcel it's not. and his brother. It's definitely what's his, not. What's his brother's name? Uh, fucking shit. I didn't interact with him a whole Jacob? I didn't interact with him a whole lot. Uh, and then it's uh, Spidey. Uh, and then it's uh, TSG. Uh, so this is like the adult house. This is the, we like to, and Maddie, sort of. But Maddie, this is the other thing I learned about Maddie. Maddie goes to these GPs, gets all these crazy, like, SVU houses, does all this crazy shit. And then what he does is he gets a hotel somewhere else. Are you serious? Yeah. What a bitch. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, where's Maddie? It's like 3.30 in the morning. He was talking about partying and party, party, party. And then they're like, oh, no, he went, he went home. And I was like, home? He lives in, like, Toronto or something. I'm like, no, 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 like, home, like, to his hotel room. And I was like, hotel room? Isn't he at this house or the other house? No, no, he got a hotel, so he didn't have to be around this. He could just go to sleep when he wants. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And I was also like, had I known that that was an option. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) So then we're partying. We go up to the adult house, right? And the adult house is where, like, people get chill, you know? There's no loud music. You know, you chill. It's It's got air conditioning. And, um... You know, you play some cube, eat some food, you know, you got Red Bulls, you got beers, you know, whatever you need up there. Um, that's my best Marcel that I could possibly do. I'm trying really hard to work on Marcel. You I enjoy no some, idea. You enjoy some delicious 420 action. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so they're up there. So we go up there and we're like, we're like the walking dead. Like the door has a combination on it to get in. It's like, it's like James Bond shit, right? And they make sure to close it because they don't want any of the children interrupting adult time. <laughs> But they leave the window open, right? So we're just kind of, like, bumping into the window, like, they're walking, like, hey, what's going on? And so they, like, open the door, and they, like, they open it like, like we're, like, like we're, like, gonna rape them. Like, they open it, and then they, but they hold it real closed. And they're like, hey, what's happening? And I'm like, hey, man, like, nothing, man. Like, what's happening with you, man? Man? And they're like, uh, nothing, man, we're just, we're just playing some cube, uh, and then they keep looking over their shoulder, like, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of these guys, but I can't, and they're like, so, uh, so, and they wait for you, because you're drunk, you'll say something, and I'm like, hey, yeah, let's party, why don't you guys party down at the party, party, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be right down, and then they just close the door in my motherfucking face, uh, so then we go to leave, and it's me and Slick and Kevy at this point. And Kevy's like mad because all the adults are not partying with them. And Slick's like, Slick basically will just do whatever Kevy says. Not, I'm not saying that in a way that Slick is the follower, but those two are like, they're like, they share a mind. Yeah. They're like kittens. Like, yeah. like you, 
you have a you like they'll just they'll just they'll just flop around all over. Yeah. It's like there's it's like there's very little between them. Yes, yes, very little. So we go to leave, and this house. It, the thing with Portland is it's very. If you've ever been to like Vancouver or something, or I imagine other cities that aren't sterile Calgary, but you you everything's green there. Like I couldn't believe how much green area there was that could potentially be turned into housing and or businesses. Like in Calgary, we don't have that. We like, why do you want a yard if we if we raise your yard out, we could put two more houses in this development, and make another hundred million dollars. That's fine. You know this nice uh, building downtown for our downtown area. Uh, we want it to be all uh, uh, reflective glass because we don't want anyone to be able to see into our building, and we don't want any nice you know bricks or moldings. You don't want any trees outside that'll hinder us from our parking spots. Portland is not like Portland's built into a uh, a rainy forest, jungly mountain place. So, uh, like we are in the backyard and we can't see any other houses, even though there's a house right next door, um, because of all the greenery. So we go to walk away. We're hammered. We go to walk away, and the walkway for this house, you're along the side of the house, and it takes a very sharp, like more than ninety degree turn to the right to continue on the path. And then a left, right, uh, ninety degree turn to get to the sidewalk. Okay, uh, or if you don't, if you miss the first ninety million degree turn, you just walk to the edge. And because Portland is super hilly, uh, the yard is higher than the sidewalk because the sidewalk is going down the hill at a very steep grade. So you are basically <laughs> at about a five foot cliff. So we get there. And me and Kevy immediately are like, we are responsible adults. Let's stop and turn around. We haven't come too far. Slick just jumps right off the fucking cliff. He's like, oh, <laughs> fuck this, bros. Jumps right off the fucking cliff. Uh, turns around. And before he can say anything, I'm like, oh, my God. Y'all are going to make me jump off this cliff, aren't you? And Kevy's like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Kevy is hammered. And he's like, he's like, this is a bad idea, bro. Let's turn around. And I just fucking parkour that shit right <laughs> off the cliff. Like, I, I jump like Batman. My knees are, like, above my chest. Like, I'm fucked. My arms are out, and I'm pointing down. Like, you, you're doing it at home right now. Put your arms up like you're doing YMCA, but it's, like, but your hands are down. And your knees are all like, Wah! and I fucking, I'm like, Wah! and then I land. And immediately as I land, I Bruce Lee slicks balls and cock with my fist. Like a like a like a timed at this like I as my feet hit the pavement, my fist punches his balls into his anus, and he's like, "Oh, like as loud as fuck at three in the morning in Portland on a residential street." Oh fuck! You punched me right in my balls. So I'm laughing and like falling down this hill because there's nowhere to stop because it's all green area. And uh, we turn, and we just hear Kevy, uh, and we turn around, and Kevy is on the ground, like on his back, starfished. I think he's dead. Like I thought he fell and hit his head or something. Like maybe he hit this fucking piece of shit Prius that I'll get to later. That's parked right out front. I'm like, oh shit, Kevy, are you okay? I just punched Slick in his motherfucking balls, but I could help you up right now if you need it. And he just pops right up. He pops up like a crackhead. Just. Pfft. And so we're walking, we're just howling, walking down this street. We don't give a fuck. And we get to the house, and in the morning, we look at Kevy's wounds. The bed is, like, covered, like a virgin's bed. It's covered in blood. And Kevy's got gaping holes in his body. 
from this fall because he basically he's like he went the story is his his recollection of it is he went to go jump off the cliff but like took an extra step so he just stepped <laughs> off the edge and just basically like face planted like five feet down on a concrete flash like cinder block wall fucking awesome yeah so the first night was super great uh, oh I end up it's like five in the morning is when I finally end up going to bed. I meet this guy. His name's Grumpy Travis. He's a little bit of an intense guy, little bit intense. But when I'm drunk, it's totally fine. Uh, and he's feeding me cigarettes, which of course I will never admit to smoking. But he's feeding me cigarettes, and we have a really great, drunk, long, coherent talk on the front steps about our wives. And we both just can't stop gushing about our wives because we're old and we're drunk. And that's what you do when you're old and drunk to tell the whole world about how your wife's the best person on the planet. And uh, per my recommendation, uh, apparently Grumpy Travis never heard of P.S. I Love You. And I told him, go home, uh, suggest that you cook dinner for your wife and then suggest to watch a movie. And then you suggest P.S. I Love You and watch it with your wife because it's actually good and she'll fall in love with you again. So at 530 in the morning. So time out. Time out. Yeah, Hold on. Pause. So. My wife cannot watch that movie. Why not? Is she well, a Latina woman? No, she's a crier. So, oh, man. It's the greatest movie to watch. No. So five seconds into that movie, she's bawling. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, and she's like, like full on heaving like ugly, bawling. Like ugly crying? Yeah. <laughs> so just no. Just no. If your wife wow. is like, if your wife is like a mad crier, like crazy crier, don't watch it. <laughs> then don't watch, watch the first shit. five minutes with her, and then turn that shit off, and then turn that shit off. Yeah, <laughs> she actually, she actually, she was mad. Like she, she was mad at the movie. She's like, God damn it! I wanted this movie to be good, and all it's gonna oh, do is make man. me bald so the entire good. It's time. So good, it's yeah. so good. It's such a good movie. You should, you should, you should get her drunk or something and watch it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um. Maybe it's worse. I don't know. It's, it's like my wife when she's drunk is a crier. So maybe it's worse. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's worse. But uh, so so I go to bed at like five thirty in the morning, and uh, oh, sorry. Before this all happens, we come back to the house after the dick punch maneuver, and we're just being loud. And the neighbors are like, "Fuck you! Shut the fuck up!" And we're like, "You sound like a chihuahua or something funny." I'm not sure. And then the cops come. And immediately, everybody's like, holy shit, the fucking cops are here. And it's like a movie. like It's like cockroaches and the light turned on. Everybody's inside. Everybody's like, oh, yes. And then the Crimean War, uh, the greatest uh, tactic to overcome the defenses of the enemy was to invent... And so the cops don't even look at us. They don't even... They come in the backyard because that's where the party is. We're all up on like a veranda, like an enclosed type deck. Thing, right it's got a roof uh so you come in the back then you just take like a quick 180 and you go up some stairs and that's the deck right you can picture it in your head because it's in the back of the house the cops don't even turn around they don't even make it up the stairs they make it six feet into the backyard somebody pops out of a bush and is like sup officers and the officers are like we got some noise complaints and the guy's like oh man sorry and the guy the cop goes no problem and turns around and leaves <laughs> he didn't beat anybody's ass he didn't arrest nobody he didn't even look at what we were doing Marcel's like trying to flush like a bunch of like oregano you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know somebody is blowing all the, all the uh, uh, flour into a baking sheet it's just ridiculous 
and the cop doesn't even look at us. I'm sure he didn't even know if there was more than one person with a stereo there. He just was like, hey, there's been some noise complaints. And before the guy could even say sorry, he was, like, turned around already. Uh, so, so then we're like, well, fuck it. If the cops don't give a shit, neither do we. The cops came again. Again, nothing happened as far as I know. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the second time the cops came was when I punched Slick in his dick. Um, so we get home and everyone's like, oh, man, where were you, Boosh? I thought you went to bed. And this is 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, no, I didn't go to bed. Oh, I didn't come all the way to Portland to go to bed. And so we party a little bit longer. Uh, 5.36 rolls around and everyone else has gone to bed except for Jr. Who's no. been drinking for like and like <laughs> three days? <laughs> like yeah, straight. Like the guy is wobbly. Like he's wobbly. Like when he's when he's standing up, he's not standing still, but he thinks he's standing still. He's like you know what he's like. He's like a weed. He's like a weed baby. He's like a fetal alcohol syndrome baby. Like just sitting there, like just rocking back and forth. Like like he's got like tremors almost. Like he's got a palsy of some kind that affects his entire body, but slowly. And he's just sitting there with a beer. And then he's and then he, he'll look at you and he'll be like, "Jay knows what the fuck is up." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know what the fuck is up, Jr." And then he's like, "Man, Hitler rules." And we're like, "What? What?" And then he says something that makes sense that explains why Hitler does not rule. But he's talking about how, like, could you imagine if Hitler had won, and then he was the ruler, and then Hitler would rule, and then all these, and maybe we'd all be white, and would that be better? Probably not. And you're like, okay. (laughs) And then he's just hammered, and he's just drinking, and he's just hammered. So he's the only one that hasn't gone to bed. He's just, like, shuffling around the house like a ghost. And uh, so I go to bed. I get up in the morning, and I meet, uh, like, officially, I meet uh, this guy named Paul. Paul has no accent. And the entire weekend, everyone's been talking about a Kiwi. And I'm like, wow, like a Kiwi, like from New Zealand? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, came to Portland? And like, yeah, like, oh, like years ago and like lives here now? No, no, came for GP Portland. Oh, wow, that's a fucking far way to come for a fucking GP. Uh, Then I find out that Paul is this Kiwi. uh, And he he has this weird thing. I kind of have it, but not as bad as him. Uh, he mimics people if as they talk to him. So if you are Asian and you have a heavy Asian accent, he will just pick up your Asian accent and he's not making fun of you. He just is picking it up and he will just start talking to you. So he sounds American when I talk to him because he's been around 58 Amer- drunk Americans and is just picking up their accent. Uh, and then he uh, will talk to some black people and will instantly be speaking with their I guess, accents or cadence. Uh, and so we, I meet him. He's like, oh, man, I can't believe you went to bed so early. And I'm like, I didn't fucking go to bed. What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure you did. But he doesn't get to finish his sentence because we get interrupted. But it turns out that I was so passed out of sleep that Paul slept in the same bed as me, and I had no idea. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. And immediately in my head, I'm like, hmm, I'm a cuddler. Did I? Did I, like, roll over and, like, spoon all? That'd be weird. Uh, he seems normal. Maybe he was a cuddler, too. Hmm. Well, my butt doesn't hurt. So, probably didn't do anything weird and drunken-like. This is fine. I'm fine with this. Okay, great. So, yeah, and then, uh, woke up Sunday. Everybody's hammered already. I woke up at 10-ish. Everybody is on the back porch. There's like seven people on the back porch. Uh, they're all just fucking gunned. 
super fucking turbo hammered. Uh, so I am all I'm I'm sober, and I'm like, well, I don't want to just shotgun ten beers and try to catch up to you guys. That seems like shit. So I'm gonna go to the convention center because there's some people that I wanted to meet, specifically Jeff Woods, who is rock star on Twitter, uh, because you know it's very important that I meet this guy. And um, and I know there's other people that want to meet me there. So I go Sunday. My my entire Sunday is comprised of going to the convention center. I'm thinking for like 15 minutes. I end up being there for like three or four hours because every time I'm trying to like walk out the door, there's like <clears throat> another like 10 people that want to talk to me. And this isn't a complaint. This is like more to the fact of what KYT was talking about. There's just infinite people that want me that want to say hello to me. Uh, and so I talk to them. I meet Jeff. Jeff is not an old fat fuck, by the way. Uh, I thought he was like an old cop, like a desk jockey belly cop. Like, I'm not saying fat as fuck. I'm just saying, like, do you know what I'm saying? You're like not. Like a sergeant, like, like a captain. Like, you know, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are, like, wrecking shit and being super cops. And then, like, fat white captain is like, you can't do that. I'll have your badges for this. That's what I thought Jeff the Cop Woods uh, looked and sounded like. Nope. He is um, young. He has Four kids or some five Four. kids. He's young. He's he's probably an attractive man. He is huge. He is beefy as fuck. Like you, I you. He's made of bricks. He's enormous. He's an and I'm like, holy shit, you're a big boy. And he's like, you know, I try. You gotta keep it up when you're when you're a police officer. I try. I try to look good. I try to be. I try to be beefy. I was like, okay, okay, good, great. And he he's huge. He's a huge man. So I mean, like, is he is he just like like just stacked or is he also like stacked. seven feet tall? He's, no, he's 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 taller than I am, and I'm five eleven, five ten. So he's he's probably six one, six six two. I don't think he's taller than that. So I would say six one, six two. Okay, in that range. Um, and he's stacked. Like he looks like Brock Lesnar. Nice. Like he's a fucking enormous person. Um. So I met him and his brother. His brother doesn't play very much magic, just casually with Jeff and stuff, and he was just kind of hanging out. Um, and his brother's super nice. And then we just kind of walked around, said hey to some people. Um, and then I went back to the house. Um, one thing that was I thought was super cool, so me and this guy, Lynn, Lynn is a guy on Twitter who just met me at the show and or at the GP and was talking to me quite a bit. Um, me and him were talking just about life and stuff, and I was talking... The the conversation started because I was talking to him about how, like, Portland is a very diverse city, both racially and um, socially. So there's, like, there's like every race is in Portland, and every background is in Portland. And then um, there's also, like, every social class is in Portland. Like, there's hipsters, then there's what you would see in every city. I, I feel bad calling them regulars because I know somebody's going to say, well, like, I'm regular. I just have tattoos or something. I'm not meaning to offend anyone by, when I say that, but you have, like, the people that you would see in every city, just, like, the whitewashed, typical, like, I don't know, regular yeah. people. I don't know how else to describe them. Then you have, like, the body mod guys, and they go from anything from light body mods, like, I have two tattoos, to, like, guys that have, like, head tattoos and, and like, holes in every facial area. Like, I could see the guy's teeth when he was talking, uh, or when he wasn't talking, sorry. And then, like, you have people that are, like, dressing up in, like, the gangster, I, I don't know what else to call it, clothing. Like, the really long shorts, the really high socks, the like really baggy shirts, the backwards hats. Um, then you have people that are, like, super preppy then you have people that are like um 
emo goth scenester. Like those again, I don't these are the only labels I know. I'm sorry, I'm just a regular uh, uneducated night. You're regular. But but like so there's like and but the the thing that I was talking about that's so crazy about all of this is that nobody gives a shit. There's no like the people are intermingling with their cliques. In Calgary and in most of the places I've been, you would never see like a black person with a body mod guy with a hipster person with a, like two cosplay goth girls having a regular conversation together and all being friends. And I don't know why that is, but you, I've never seen that because it, there's, there's, there's not there's, like there's discrimination basically everywhere where I'm from. And in Portland, it's almost, I'm sure there is some, but it was, it was, it was crazy. It was so uplifting to see that. So I was talking to Lynn about this because Lynn is like, he's like a four foot tall, skinny bald man who is wearing like, uh, like steampunk, basically clothes, like light, like steampunk clothing. And you can tell he's very eccentric. His girlfriend's name is Winter and she is a cosplayer. Uh, and they're both like very open and into like strip clubs and like, sexual things but also like cosplay and all this crazy stuff and nobody gives a shit about that that they are like that they just accept them as human beings which i think is amazing so me and lynn are talking about life and i'm talking about how great this is and he's talking about how he has kids and two of them are autistic and autism is something that is very big in the news right now um it seems like a lot of children are getting diagnosed with autism but i don't it's kind of like the jackie chan thing i don't know what autism is and googling it doesn't really work for me because i I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, like a hands-on learner. So you can explain something to me, but it's, it's better to just like have me see it or describe it in a way that's maybe not politically correct, but that I at least will immediately get. Um, so we're talking about that and I'm asking him about it. We're talking about it. And this guy just walks beside us and says, I already love where this conversation is going as we're talking about autism. And we're like, I'm kind of like, immediately I'm like, what the fuck? This is weird. Uh, and then I'm like, wait. I wonder if I look at the guy and I'm like, I wonder if maybe uh, he has autistic children or he works with autistic people or he has autism. It turns out this guy's like a high functioning autistic. And as soon as he explained to me and Lynn explained to me what autism is, I immediately understood. And I've met a million people that are high functioning autistics, apparently. Um, but I thought that was the coolest thing. He like plays magic. He goes to GPs. He likes to make friends. He is like... He's just a little eccentric compared to like what I guess again, quote unquote, a normal person would be like. And I think that was my favorite part of the favorite serious part of the weekend is meeting. Uh, I don't really want to like I don't want to say his name and stuff just in case like people tease him or something. I'm not sure how that works. I didn't ask him if I could. And I feel like that's something that I should definitely check with him first. But um, I thought it was like super cool that I could that I, that I met that guy. He wasn't offended. He just kind of started talking to us. And he, he was very open about everything and explaining how his autism works and what he's like and what he likes and what he doesn't like, what he can handle, what he can't handle. And I thought that was very cool. So that was my, that's my favorite thing about Portland. It appears as though everything in Portland is very cool. The fucking cab drivers don't judge you for being nerds. I talked to the, uh, I talked to this like rent-a-cop guy, the security guard at the convention center who was like in the air force for 16 years and was a police officer and all this stuff. And he had, he was kind of making jokes about nerdy magic card games and stuff, but he was making like dad jokes. Like he's like, oh, I'm okay. like, Hey, do you have a, do you have a, like a complimentary phone I can use? Like, I can't use my phone. I'm from Canada and I need to call a cab. And he's like, Oh, well there isn't one, but, um, I could see if I could work my magic and get my dispatcher to call one. And he's like, get it magic. 
You know what I mean? Like super yeah. dad jokes. But then he then we just talked for like ten minutes while I waited for a cab, and he didn't judge me at all. You could like he there was not he wasn't just humoring me. He was genuinely interested in the stuff I had to say. He was telling stories that were all, like genuine stories about his life. He wasn't just like, so how's the weather in Calgary? And do you guys have igloos? Like, you know, and, that, and I think that was, that, Portland's a very cool city for that. It's very cool for that. So I dug it. Um, but yeah, where was that story going? Oh, and then Sunday, we just kind of <laughs> hung out. We hung out and played Cube a bunch. Like when I said earlier that it was very cool that the house, the children's house was bopping on Saturday. And I said specifically that it was for that night. Very cool. Um, the only regret that I have, or the only kind of negative that I have from going to this trip, the the kids got really hammered really quickly. And like like everybody knows, when you're fucking hammered at 11 in the morning, you have two options. Like you, you go to sleep, uh, or you sleep it off, or you kind of be hungover in the midday and you kind of go to bed early because you're tired. Or you just keep going. Like, you have to keep going. You can't just be normal in two hours. It doesn't work. So they, of course, they keep going, and they're just getting fucking hammered. And so because I'm not hammered, I'm, like, the sober guy that's around, like, the drunk guys. And that's kind of annoying. And I definitely did want to play some Magic. So me, I drove a fucking electric Prius uh, because um, the driver... Was I was like, I have to go to the convention center. Can anybody give me a ride? And they're like, well, why would you spend $30 on getting there and back with a cab? Just take the car. And I was like, oh, okay. It's a Prius. It doesn't, I don't know, I started it. And it doesn't make like the typical starting like vroom sounds with an engine. It just turns on. It just goes beep. And then, and then, it, and then you can drive it. Uh, it's a piece of shit, by the way. Fucking don't ever buy an electric Prius. Um, but yeah, so... We get back to the house, and I'm, like, not really feeling, like, getting super loaded, and it's, like, four. So, me and Paul and Jackie and TSG and Maddie and Spivey, is that six? I think it is. We we do, like, a Modern Masters draft that was fine, and then we do a Cube draft that was fun, and then... We kind of, I kind of was like, well, I feel bad. I feel like I should go party with those guys. I don't want to just be up here, like, just, I, I do want to be up here just cubing with the six of you guys um, over and over, but I feel like I should also be partying with those guys, which kind of like sucks because I'm like, I need to be in two places at once or I need to be here for longer than two days. And so I go and party with them. And then we played like the three greatest games of Wolf ever on Sunday night until like, again, like five in the morning. And uh, there was like 18 people playing. It was fucking awesome. That's my Portland trip. So how did so you taught everyone the the goodness of Wolf? How did that all turn out? Um, it was actually really good. Um, so I I like I made some custom Wolf, which I think uh, Marcel has, and they're not my best work because I was trying to make them quickly. But um, I made some custom like Wolf cards for them, and then some people had played it, and some people didn't. And the biggest thing that I find with Wolf is that Wolf is, like, kind of like Monopoly. Like, there's house... Like, everybody plays Wolf differently. And it, and it can get kind of tiring and especially confusing for the new people when people, um, when people like... You'll say something like, this is how you play. And then they'll say, like, oh, really? Because in my games, we do X, Y, Z. And you're like, that's great. But just for now, let's just deal with it this way. There's new people playing. They don't know how to play, whatever, right? So I 
kind of made that announcement at the beginning, and I just said, like, we're going to play the way I want to play. Um, after the game, you guys are more than welcome to talk to me about how you guys play, because I love hearing about that stuff, but there's, like, ten people that have never played this game before, and it's going to be very confusing for them. Um, so I introduced them to the goodness of Wolf. It was funny, though. They play Wolf uh, not how I play Wolf, or how I've ever played Wolf, ever. Have you played it yet, Scotty? No. Okay, and Jeremy has. Yep. And KYT, have you played it? I've played it once. Okay. So so the the the, big, the breakdown, and I guess, Jeremy, you can back me up, but I think we kind of play the same style because we both play with a similar group. But, like, it's like, it's basically like Matlock. Um, like, you are asking, you should be asking, I feel, a whole lot of questions to try to catch somebody in a lie, to try to, like, you, I accuse Jeremy, and then if you defend Jeremy, I, I should try to figure out if that's because you're genuinely defending Jeremy, or if you're a wolf and Jeremy's a wolf, and you're trying to, like, cover each other's back, so I need to find clues throughout, and et cetera, right? Yeah, and let, let's say a round is, like, ten minutes. So we have yeah. ten minutes to figure this out. Okay, and there's like three rounds per game, let's say. So we have 30 minutes of game time to just interrogate everybody and try to um, figure out who the wolves are. That's it. So these guys are playing really well for first timers. Normally, first timers are very quiet and you kind of have to, as the narrator, really, really guide them because they're like people in social situations when they're new and not completely fucked. Um you know, they're nervous. They don't want to say something stupid. They don't really know how the game works. A lot of people aren't outgoing, so they don't just jump into the role. These guys were right into it, and they were having a great fucking game. But I like to mix my games up a little bit. I like to, like, as the narrator, I don't just like to play the game the exact same way every round, because I feel like when you're playing Werewolf, it should be a role-playing experience. Like, you should think in your head, it's the 15th century, I'm a villager, there's fucking werewolves attacking me. So, like, I don't like it when people metagame a whole lot. Um, if somebody makes a really compelling argument as to why they're not a wolf, and it's actually com- like it's actually a good argument, I feel like you should, in the spirit of the game, you should believe them. You shouldn't just be like, yeah, that makes sense, but fuck you. I think you're the wolf anyway. Fuck you, KYT. Like, I don't like that. So I try to mix my games up a little bit. Um, so one time in the first game, they ran out of time before they had come to a con- like a concise conclusion of like these two people. Generally, what you do is you there's like say a hundred people playing, like twenty, and you generally try to figure out who's the wolf. And closer to the end of the round, you try to figure out, you try to narrow it down to like two or three people that everybody can kind of agree are the wolves. So you kind of have like a vote, right? And then what happens is you end up generally killing one of those because if if you know if there's twenty people and everybody thinks that you're not a wolf for now, then why would we waste time interrogating you, right? So they hadn't, they hadn't done this yet. They hadn't narrowed it down to two yet. And so there's a lot of different ways that you can handle that. And I just decided that we were going to do a blind vote. So I said, everybody go to sleep. God's talking to you in your dreams. He's trying to figure out who you think is guilty. So if you think this person did it, put up your hand. If you think this person did it, put up your hand. I've never done that before. I've never heard of anyone doing it before. But for some reason, in my drunken stupor, I thought of this. It worked great. They killed someone, and it worked great. And they were all in fear of God. Like, they legitimately were fucking worried during the game. Unfortunately, it had a negative side effect, where now, instead of asking questions and interrogating people, uh, they were so worried about running out of time that they they basically like 
for the first like maybe one or two minutes of the round, somebody would be like, I think it's you, I think it's you, and blah, blah, blah. And then they would just immediately go to pick a wagon. Like, pick two people to put onto a wagon and drive them to the gallows to hang them. And they would go like, Scotty, who are your two people? And then you'd be like, well, I think it's Jeremy because... And they'd be like, there's no time for because. If you think it's Jeremy, just say Jeremy. And then, like, they would go around and just basically instantly hang people. And, of course, because they're not actually asking questions... And this is very similar to, like, how a mob justice or, like, a panicked village in the 1500s, I assume, would act. Because they're not asking questions and getting, like, evidence... They're hanging a whole lot of villagers, which is the well, yeah, opposite no, of what you want to do. Because the wolves can just throw in, like, that's perfect wolf. Like, yes, and that's that how, like it that's how it worked. That's how it worked. Yes. Village game possible. Yes, but it's like, it's fun. They were having fun still, and they were like losing it. Like, Paul, who's in theater and is the Aussie, right? He's like, oh my God, we're fucked. We're so fucked. We're fucked. And then I'm, I'm like, so we play another game. And I'm like, you know, just so you guys know, what some people do sometimes if they're having trouble with, like, wrangling the game is they'll vote for, like, a mayor. The mayor doesn't really do anything. You can give him special powers. Like, you can say if he votes for somebody, it counts as two. You cannot do that if you want. You can, you can give him whatever powers you want. But maybe you guys just, like, want to try. You don't have to do it. Whatever. They all didn't seem really into that. We start the game. Immediately, they want to vote for a mayor. Who do they pick? They pick a fucking wolf. Yeah. They pick a wolf to be the mayor <laughs> of the game, and and like Scott, you're an, you're a manager, and you're yeah. you're an experienced person, and you have wisdom. Uh, I'm sure that you know kind of how the employee boss relationship complex works, uh-huh. right? Where like I might think you're wrong, but I will never in front of anybody question you because no. you're my boss. So that happens exactly in wolf games when you have a mayor. Like if the mayor tells you to shut up. Everybody just shuts up. Nobody challenges him. Nobody votes against him. Nothing. So, of course, the wolf, one of the wolves is the mayor. Another one of the wolves is a police officer who lies and interrogates people for a living. Another one is a military officer. So, they are, they just run the table. Like, nobody questions them, nothing. Then somebody comes up because everybody's yelling and they're having, like, werewolf is a game of yelling. Um, yes. And I think it's more fun that way. But because everyone's yelling, somebody comes up with the idea, like Lord of the Flies, that they should have, like, a conch. So, like, if I'm holding the conch, I get to talk and nobody else does. Which is, like, the worst for a werewolf. So now, and they're still worried about running out of time. Now they're passing, they're frantically passing around a conch, arguing and talking and building and accusing and asking questions. But only one person's allowed to talk at a time. So you have like three people with their hand up that they want to talk. And then like it finally gets to somebody and they're like, I forgot my point. And then they go to put the thing down and somebody else grabs it to talk. And then they remember their points. So they fucking grab it out of the guy's hand. And their, their point is like, we're fucked. All the wolves are still alive. We're so fucked. We're <laughs> fucked. We got to kill a wolf tonight. We're fucked. That's all I had to say here. Have the conch back. Like it's so, it was so fucking amazing. It was the best. They were easily the best three wolf games I've ever played with the worst wolf players I've ever played with. Yeah, um, like those games sounded like they're just terrible. Yeah, it was it was it was they were they were awesome. It was so so great. Um it was so great. There's one game where we played oh, this is the other thing. So, when you play wolf, there's special roles. So there's like a priest, there's a seer, there's like a hunter. There's all these they're just villagers that can do extra things to try to balance it out between the power of the wolves being able to kill you. So what happens though is that like if if I if you're the seer Scott and I kill you, 
Yeah. Later on in the game, somebody will all try to kill Jeremy, and Jeremy will say, I'm the seer, don't kill me. Uh, and if the seer is still alive, or, or sometimes not, but as a, as a tactic, you'll like, counterclaim. Like, mm-hmm. I'll say I'm the seer instead, so that, like, to create confusion and to try to um, discredit Jeremy and stuff. Um, so nobody does that in these games at all. Somebody says, I'm no the seer. Yeah, no counterclaim. Somebody says, wow. I'm the seer. I'm the seer. Don't kill me. And the entire village goes, holy shit, we shouldn't kill that guy. He's the seer. Which is kind of true, right? We're all, we're all, we have pitchforks and shit, and we're going to kill Scotty. And Scotty opens his door and says, God spoke to me and said, don't kill me. And we all turn around and kill KYT. <laughs> <laughs> like, which actually literally happened in one of the games. Somebody in one of the games was like, wait, 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 wait. Scotty and KYT are on the wagon, but I think we should kill Jeremy. And everybody just looks at Jeremy and then goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> For no reason, they just go, yeah, he looks he looks shady as fuck. Let's kill that guy. And they do! They just killed him! It was fucking crazy. So in this one game, anyway, we have a hunter. The role of the hunter is that I play with is when he dies, he gets to shoot somebody uh, randomly. So if he knows the wolves, he can, he can try to find one to shoot them. But if he doesn't, then it's a crapshoot, right? So they're like, we're going to kill you, Trapper. Trapper is one of the guys that we're playing with. And Trapper, who hasn't really been playing the game at all, he's one of the worst uh, wolf players, not because he's bad at wolf, but because he's one of those players that doesn't care about the game. He, excuse me, he just wants to fuck shit up. Like, he just wants to wreck stuff. He's the guy that trades all of his stuff away in Monopoly to somebody because he just wants to see, like, he just wants to fuck the game up. And Some so, people like to see the world burn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's one of those guys. And it's fine. He's just one of those guys. So he, he goes, I'm the hunter. And immediately everybody's like, holy shit, let's just not kill this guy. And he was the hunter. But he's like, let's just not kill him. And Marcel has been sitting beside him. Marcel is a little drunk. He's a little herbed. And he's pretty tired. And Marcel's been sitting behind him. And he's, and Hunter, or I'm sorry, Trapper has been flashing Marcel his card the entire game, like without knowing it, but like wide out in the open. Not like I'm cheating in a draft, but like I'm putting this card in your face while I point at you without realizing it's in my hand. Um, so Marcel is a wolf and knows that, hunt, uh, that, that Trapper's a hunter. So Marcel's falling asleep and (laughs) he's falling asleep in the middle of the game and people keep waking him up and they don't suspect that he's a wolf at all. Right. At all. And I, I half, I half suspect that this was an act because every time that it was nighttime, I would say wolves, who do you want to kill? And Marcel would point out who he wanted to kill. And then at the end of the game, when Marcel won, he was very not asleep anymore. So I'm not (laughs) sure, but it was, but it was like, it was difficult to tell. He was like head bobbing and he was snoring. Like it was, it was not, if, he, if it was staged, it was very good. And if it was not staged, it was very coincidental. So he's a wolf. He's falling asleep. Nobody suspects him at all. And Eve, who's played this game before, is kind of running the game. But he's like very, he's being very logical about it. He hasn't been drinking. So he's very calm. He's just trying to explain everything to everybody. When they disagree with him, he doesn't argue with them. He, he votes with them. If they want him to vote with, with them, he'll do it. But he's trying to explain the game. He's trying to be diplomatic. And Marcel falls asleep, wakes up, uh, leaves the room. And TSG, who's also a wolf, goes, what's the strategy? Like, what's the wolf strategy? Like, leaving the room and shit, like, or sleeping. 
Like, is that something that you would do if you were a wolf? Because he legitimately has never played this game before. And everybody immediately jumps on Marcel and is like, yeah, he probably is a wolf because he's sleeping and leaving the room because he doesn't give a fuck what any of us have to say because he'll just vote how we vote. And then at night, he kills us. He doesn't have to play the game at all. He's a wolf. And I'm like, wow, that was the quickest and most astute anyone in this game so far has ever thought. (laughs) So what do they do? They immediately kill Ray instead of Marcel because... (laughs) Because, because, fuck it, right? So Marcel comes back, and it's getting late, and he's falling asleep. He wakes up, and they're like, Marcel, we're going to kill you. And Marcel just goes, nah, don't. I'm the elder, and goes back to sleep. And the elder is a role in the game that really doesn't do, really, it has no impact on the game in terms of. He has two lives. Yeah, he basically just has two lives, but that's it. Like, he doesn't, like, the seer sees people and can tell you who are wolves or who are villagers for sure. The priest can stop you from dying. The hunter gets to kill somebody. The demon gets to kill everybody. The elder just has two lives. So he wakes up. They're like, Marcel, we're going to kill you. He's like, nah, man, I'm the elder. Don't kill me. Back to sleep. They buy it, and they don't (laughs) kill him for the whole game. So now, now... They're like, okay, we're going to kill Bob. So they wake up Marcel, and Marcel's like, huh, what? And they're like, hey, man, so the wagon is like Bob and Terry, and we're going to kill one of them, and we're all basically voting for Bob. We don't really need your vote, but who do you think the wolf is? And he's been sleeping the whole round, and he just goes, yes, Terry, because Bob's a wolf. And so they're all like, oh, shit. They all vote Terry. They all kill Terry. Oh, <laughs> God. Because, because Marcel's the elder, and don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was the greatest it was you had to be there for like some of the more like in-depth stuff but it was it was fucking the game the, these games were amazing they were so good they were so good um and that was definitely the highlight like the the parties were good the drafting was great meeting tsg was cool meeting all those guys was great um the food was cool they made all but like the three games of wolf like kevy even woke up he was asleep he had to catch a flight at like 10 in the morning so he went to bed early he woke up to come play wolf with us had a great time um yeah, it was fucking, it was a good time. It was crazy. Good. Yeah, that was my Portland experience. It ba- and it, like, it seemed like it was longer than two days, but it was only Saturday, Sunday. It was actually kind of crazy. And uh, I wish I would have been able to go for longer. Like, it would have been kind of cool. But, uh, you know, we kind of, we were talking about it afterwards. So I guess I'd like to get your guys' opinions on this. But like, so remember we were trying to do like the 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 Magic Cruise and we wanted to do the cruise because it was like going to be just like the 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 magic vacation basically. Yeah. Right? We could go with our wives, we could go on a vacation during the day, we could magic it up and or at night we could cube with our bros and draft and play EDH and do whatever and the wives could do whatever they wanted. And then um and then that didn't work out. So then we were talking a little bit later, we were talking about how like we wanted to do like a like a vacate like a like our own booze like our own magic cruise. Remember that? And we were going to go to, like, the Dominican, or we were going to go to Mexico, maybe, or something. Um, And so, this is the question that we posed afterwards. Do we need to have a GP, or a Star City Games, or a Pro Tour, or something, in a city, for all of us to try to get to, to have these great magic vacations? Do you guys think that it's important that we have the GP there? Or do we just go, hey, in a year, on this date, we'll all just go to Maui? So I think part of it is um, there's an opportunity for us to recoup value at the GPs. 
right? And there's there's a mean? lot of people that go just want to that go because they just want to play. Yeah. Um, it's a good reason to get everybody together, and I think that you attract a larger audience. That said, if your desire is not a larger audience, then I think that you know getting a bunch of people together to book something is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, the question is, it's like it's quantity over quality. Yeah. Um, if you want a lot of people, having the GP there is kind of like a good excuse for everyone to get out there. Yeah. You know, it's it's even easier for a person to self-justify it. Well, it's like, oh, I'm going to the tournament and I get to hang out with everybody. So it's going to be the best thing ever yep. versus it's, you know, I'm going to go on a trip to hang out with all these guys, which is really easy to, like, convince yourself out of. Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing that the reason that the question was asked, too, is because of things like so many of them didn't even play in in not only the main event, but in almost anything. Not very many of the people that were there for that had not met each other before. Yeah, that's true. So, like, and that's that's the thing, right? I mean, it's real easy to pick up strays and, and like, pad your your number when you're rounding them up from the GP. Yes. Yes. So, And that was the argument that I made. The argument, oh, actually, I guess we, we should get KYT's view, if he's still here. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Yeah, couldn't you hear him not saying anything? Yeah, he oh, was. Yeah. He's just been like practicing for the WMCQs this weekend. Right. Yep. Yep. I mean, for me, I always feel bad because I know like some of these guys like really want to hang out with me and really want to have a drink with me and stuff. So, but I actually like the primary reason for me to fly to these things is is like I want to compete. And yeah. I I want to make it to the pro tour, so I'm at conflict here. And importantly, and especially like if I have teammates that you know depend on me to not get drunk the fuck out, so that I can actually like play functionally the next day. You know, I couldn't I couldn't do that. So there's always that conflict for me. Um, but that's why I like you know I I love it when people stay. Uh, like one of the best times I've ever had was I believe. Sunday night with Scott uh, celebrating uh, Tom Martell's Pro Tour win. So there's stuff like that, like yeah, like like it's it's you know, but people you know, the ones that like want to get wasted like Saturday night, you know, that's that's usually not going to be me. So right, yeah, and like I think like like TSG and Maddie were talking about it and how like they don't they would prefer to just go on a vacation and have a house and just chill. And I think <clears throat> I don't know if we convinced TSG, but we convinced Maddie. Um, but TSG is a crotchety old man. There's no convincing him. Um, but like, I think I think what Scotty said is important. Like, for me, I wanted to go to Portland and play in day one. Um, I just we we just couldn't get get it together to do that, right? So whatever. But um, I think it was very important that we're at almost like a like a festival of magic, like a like a convention of magic, because that's what GPs feel like. Like the biggest thing that I noticed from this GP Portland compared to the last one that I was at, which was my first one in 2010, was that like the GPs that I've been to since, like even GP Calgary and stuff, those just feel like big tournaments. They just feel like big PTQs. Um, whereas GP Portland felt like Gen Con or Dragon Con. Like, it felt like I was there for a reason. There was great food. There was um, great artists. There was this prize wall thingy. There was there was 2,000 people. There was Artist Alley. It wasn't just five guys at a long table. Um, you know, and when I say just five guys, I mean, it was the same artist, and it's still great. But it was like Artist Alley was like, 
20 artists and they all had stuff and there was and it was and it was two sides and it was posters and art everywhere and cosplayers and like it was it was a crazy place to be and um and that felt really great and then when we went back to the house there was all the guys that were going to be there anyway to hang out plus there was all the people that had just come from the GP yeah that's that's what I like like I met so many guys and on the first day, I didn't really know how the guys were going to react. So I said, like, hey, is it, I'm coming back to the house. I'm on my way back. Is it okay if I invite some people? And they were like, yeah, sure. And I was like, just so you know, it's, like, it's not very many. It's like seven people, which sounds like a lot when you think, like, I'm going to invite someone to your house. But I knew it was a party house. And it wasn't seven people. It was a team draft, like GP. So it was like Eve and his two buddies. Yeah. And then it was Jess and her two friends, and everybody came with, like, a team. So you can't just say, like, hey, Jess, why don't you come to this party with us and leave your fucking loser friends at home? Like, that doesn't work. Not that I, you know, only invited them because I think they're losers, because they ended up being great people. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way, and I'm not that kind of person. And it turns out that the other guys aren't like that either. They didn't give a shit, and we had a great time having everybody there, right? So um, that, I think, is a big deal. Like, on day two, when I had... 400 people come and say hello to me, I would just tell them, like, hey, man, what are you doing later? If you want to come to the fucking house, just come by the house. Here's the address. I mean, we have a car. If anybody's sober, we'll just come pick you up. But if not, it's like a fucking $10 cab ride. Like, just come to the house and party with us. And so many people showed up, and nobody gave a shit that so many people showed up. And they all had, like, an amazing time which that they otherwise would have just gone back their hotel room or gone to a restaurant which i'm sure they would have had a good time at but this is something they wanted to do that maybe they didn't have the opportunity to do right um and i think that's really important if you're going to have one of these vacations i think it's really important that you pick up the stragglers that aren't in your clique because like you know what me and kyt jeremy and scotty we can we can all go on a vacation whenever we want um and i don't i don't want to go on a vacation to get like to get heavy metal loaded um that's a fun portion of the potential vacation but like i don't i wouldn't want to do that for four days um which is why it was great that there was two houses and that there was like the party house and the cube house and that there was different things that different people wanted to do and the other thing is because there's so many people you don't feel trapped you know what i mean like if if we wanted to go play magic, we could go play magic. And if we wanted to party, we could party. And if we wanted to go for dinner, we could go for dinner. If we wanted yeah. to go see strippers, we went and saw strippers. And nobody was left out. Nobody got tagged along because they were the only guy that didn't want to queue. Yeah. The other problem that you've got too with that is if you're like looking at it from a vacation standpoint, as a like doing it not with the GP, for example, is that you're now like forced to entertain all these people or yes. be entertained by all these people, right? Yes. So yeah. you know you you've got all of the other things happening to keep you busy. It's nothing for you to be like, yep. Okay. I'm done with this. Move on. Go to something else. Like, yeah, you know, and you're not hurting anyone's feelings and you don't exactly. have to deal with it later. Yeah. And like, if, if somebody asks you like, what are you doing later? You can just tell them you don't have to be like, well, I don't know. Like, we'll just see what everybody wants to do. There's, yeah. like an, there's enough of you that you're just like, Hey Scott, do you want to go see a movie? Yeah. Okay. We'll tell everybody else we're going to go do dinner and a movie. And if they want to come, they can. And if not, there's 40 of them at the house. I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like when I came to TCG player Toronto, it was like just me. I'm sure if you and Alana wanted to go do something, it was like, well, we had to check with Jay first because you know, he doesn't know anybody here and doesn't have a vehicle. And it's just at our house. Not that that happened, but I just mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's different. You have to entertain me. I'm your guest. Yes, you are correct. responsible for me. Yeah. You know? 
So, so yeah, so I think I think it's really important to have the GP. I think the other thing that I really like about the GP is it separates us. So, like, if I meet a bunch of really cool people and I bring them to the house to party, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to party with them the next day and the next day and the next yeah. day. Yeah. Whereas if, if it's just, like, say, ten of us and we all just go to Sacramento to rent a house and party, it's like, what if I get sick of you? Yeah. And I, I've done that. I've gone on vacation with me and Megan have gone on vacation with our two best couple friends that are local and we have ended up hating both of them and we are no longer friends with them. And you never know, like unless you've actually been shittered with people before, you never yes. know what they're actually gonna be like yes. either. And it's and it's 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 terrible. Yeah. It's so, so, I mean it has the potential to be terrible. We're I'm like saying. crotchety old men now ourselves, by yeah. the way. Yeah. But no, but it's but it's true. It's like it's like you can be with someone and be drunk, and you can hang out with somebody for five years, but then, you, but you never know what somebody's like when they're absolutely fucking shittered. Yeah, like Turbo fucking Jr. at Portland <laughs> shittered. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw that guy's fucking like hairy chest, like just mono for an entire day because he was wrestling everybody in the backyard. And the guy's like a fifty-year-old hedge fund manager. <laughs> he wanted to fight so bad. Like he just like it was just crazy. He thought he was coming to Fight Club. Yeah, he did, and people fought him. It was weird. So, yeah, there you have it. <laughs> but yeah, that was Portland. It was super great. It was super great. Despite having a bona, I had a great time the entire time. It, it sucked. A lot of people asked about you guys, uh, Jeremy and Scott. Yeah. Um, because they wondered what, if you guys all were able to make it too, uh, which was very heartwarming for me. Like when I was in Portland, nobody asked about you guys. I mean, you know, Jeremy, you weren't there, so no, of course nobody asked about you. But nobody asked about the other guys in the cast to see if they came down too. Um, but it was it was very heartwarming to know that they wanted to know if you guys all made it, and they wanted you to make it. They were disappointed when I said no. So, yeah, I wanted to make it. It would be great. It'd be great if we could figure something out. And I I definitely have come out of Portland. Uh, with my magic spark reignited. Oh, well, that's uh, I don't, good. Yeah, I don't know if I want to play competitive magic like KYP ignited. Like, I don't know if there'll ever be another Jay plays Delver and and has fun playing magic again season. But I definitely, I'm definitely interested in magic again. Um, I definitely, I mean, like, I had a great time playing uh, TSG's Cube one on one with him at a cafe in the airport and fucking ranching him. Just fucking ranched him so hard. So hard. <laughs> suck at PSG. Um, like, I had a great... He taught me a lot about cubing and how... Uh, like, I don't really... What's the... For, is it Winston? Where you have piles and you look at one and then you put it back? No idea. Where you have, like, a... Pop, when, it, it, like, so there's, there's a draft format where you play one-on-one. Yeah, on one it's and you face have, down piles? Yeah, you have a pile of cards and you put one, two, three cards. And then you look at the first card. If you don't want it, you put it back and you put a card on top of it. And then yeah. you do that with the second and third card. So that's a really difficult format for me to know how to draft because I don't know when you take the shitty four pile versus the good one pile. I don't know how to remember like what known information I have and how to draft based on that because it's only two players. So color disparity is sometimes different. So he taught me a lot about that and everything. Um, and so I definitely... Like, like Maddie has gone from wondering why the fuck we constantly talk about Cube to paying a bunch of money for what I think is not a very nice box, but it's a fine box, from TSG to hold a Cube in, immediately went home and now has a Cube on Cube Tutor. It's terrible, but he's started the process. Like, he loves Cube. Marcel can't stop talking about Cube. Marcel doesn't even like 
playing casual, weird formats like that. I didn't see Marcel play Cube one single time while I was there. Motherfucker can't stop talking about Cube. So, it's definitely rekindled my wants to be part of the Magic community um, spirit. And I think it's definitely something that we should do. Um, hopefully, we can get all of us together for something. Like GP Vancouver, maybe, if it's got to be Canadian. Or GP Central somewhere for everybody. Um, I think we should definitely try to try to do something. Try to get a... And we can get our own house or something. And split it and just cube all day and so, not have to deal with the crotchety drunk kids. And we can go to their drunk house for one of the nights and get drunk with them. Yeah, like, it, it seems like whatever's happening at the end of May is going to be a pretty big deal. Um, yes, yeah. So, so we, we talked about that potentially being the next one. Yeah, so I, I think that there's got to be some sort of, like, line where we do that. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to. I mean, of course, we all have real lives. We're all old and... You know, we're not hedge fund managers in New York um, or working for the biggest, as Slick would tell me, the biggest bank in the world, Jay. Um, so, you know, we're not we're not all going to be able to make it. But hopefully I would like to try for us to be able to try to make something, especially the four of us. I would love to finally be able to have an 18 party because we've never had one. Someone bring a conspiracy box, please. I, yes, oh, sir. That's, that's I've got I brought, enough packs. I brought like 70 packs to Portland and didn't touch them. Nobody wanted to play. Nobody wanted to play Anti-League. Nobody wanted to draft real thing. They always wanted to play Cube and Drink, which was fine. We did Modern Masters once with Paul's cards, but... Yeah, so I would love to go on a fucking sweet vacation like that. I would love to do this. If I could do this once a year, this Portland trip, once a year, I would do it. I would snap do it. That would be what I saved for. If you can make it, if you can make it, I recommend it. If you have the means, I highly suggest. Yeah, we'll have to figure out which GP it's gonna be. Yeah, figure it out, cause like, and like, it's tough for me, cause like, we've got a lot of travel happening next year for ourselves anyway. Yeah. Uh, we being like the wife and I, so yeah, yeah, yeah it's gonna be tough. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, it would be nice if we could make it. I mean, obviously, there's gonna be some hurdles we have to maybe jump over, but. Would be if sick. It, if it can happen, it would be, yeah, it would just be absolutely correct. Yep, agree. All right. Um, so that was that was Portland. Um, yeah. Did you get anything? I, I heard you had TSG sign a bonfire. Somebody did. It wasn't me. <laughs> oh, I thought it was you. No. No, it was before I got there. Oh. I think it was Slick and Kevy. <laughs> oh, it was I Kevy. think it's only worth it if it's in a CFB sleeve. Yes, I'm not sure if it was, but... <laughs> Alright. But yeah, so it was great. I had a great time. All those guys are super good. So, definitely has changed my attitude of the SVU. Good. I think, I think the SVU is like is like um, how Westerners view like Muslims. Like, the ones that get press and the ones that are the loudest are like the vocal minority of extremists and are intolerable. And the ones that you actually generally interact with are regular. They're the same as the Jobins. Like, they're regular people. They're just out there to be to better the community. So, so here's what you have to remember. And as long as you remember this, your perspective of the SVU will always be okay. 95% of them were Jobins first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
and the other 5% are batshit crazy. Yeah. Oh, man, and they told me the story of how heavy Meta can vote, which I did not know. Do you guys know this story? Uh, I believe I was told it, because like, I met Maddie before you got into podcasting. Okay, so the story that I was told, and was corroborated by Kevy was that we hyped up episode 100, then didn't put it out, then Kevy and Maddie were talking just randomly on Twitter, because they didn't know each other, about how, like, blah blah this, and A-team that, and blah blah blue, and then they were like, hey, uh, we're getting along pretty well, maybe we should try this podcasting thing, and that's how Heavy Meta got started. Yep. So, when I say to the fucking SVU that the reason Heavy Meta is around is because of us, I fucking mean it. And operate that story, bitch. So you can suck on my fat asshole and my labia lips. So uh, we've got WMCQs this weekend. We've got a PTQ this weekend. Uh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually a- taking a day off work to just go in PTQ. Nice. Yeah. And I was just looking because I, I, I actually got my, you're a judge, so here have a whole bunch of lands that are worth infinite dollars. Mm. I was like, hmm, can I trade this for a plane ticket to Montreal? And it's like, no, no, not even slightly. So, Really? What about to Toronto? Uh, no, I would have to be on a plane, like, now. Yeah, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on a plane now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. We've uh we've got those happening. Um, PTQ Saturday is pretty exciting. You said you you've got a PTQ locally Saturday too. Uh, mine's not this Saturday. Mine's next Saturday. Next Saturday, okay. Yeah, it was funny because Warp Two, like the Edmonton store that I hang out at, um, they got a PTQ right at the end of this season, mm-hmm. and then they got a PTQ for like the one that goes with their WMCQ for next season. They got it right at the beginning of the season. So I've oh, got a nice. PTQ. This week, and then I have a PTQ in like four weeks, and two totally different formats, and a WMCQ. Yeah. So then, oh. what's the next? What's the next PTQ season? Uh, that would be uh, M15 Limited. For That's me. right. And then or it turns into cons. You yeah. know, season. So. Okay. Okay. So you got modern next weekend, and then after that, it's it's sealed. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm obviously playing Geist. It's no surprise to anyone. Um, I've been, uh, we've added, looks like we, we've added a, uh, one of your locals to our, our team chat this week. Yes, I saw that, uh, that uh, Mr. Curly has uh, converted to Geist. He's, he's seen the way, yep. Yeah. And uh, when, when I can convert Curly, who is like Mr. Jund, to playing this deck, there's obviously something going on. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, we've made a few changes, uh, nothing serious, but we feel really good about the matchups. I've been talking a lot to like specialists in their fields uh, about sort of how to approach the matchups in their with their with our deck versus theirs. So like that's pretty cool. Like Alex uh, Magelaton was fantastic help in terms of how to approach the affinity matchup for us, and it actually drastically changed the way we board. So that's really good. Uh, John Stern also was really helpful. So. Uh, yeah, overall, man, it's it's just been it's been really good. Uh, I've got I've got the Saturday after PCQ. I'm gonna hang out all day Sunday, so it's gonna be good. I'm pretty excited. But I mean, like you all knew that. So KYT, what are you actually playing this weekend? Do you even know yet? Not really, but <laughs> uh, probably probably a green black uh, Jund or junk is is what I'm leaning towards. Um, okay. 
been messing a bit with standard as well, just just having fun with uh, many different things right now. Uh, uh, I yeah, saw you had, you had the experiment going on with like a black red. Yeah, like so I've been playing with uh, I've been messing around with like both of Zach Hill's decks. So he he's the one that came out with like Flame Speaker Jund at first, and he's the one that came out with like he said if. If I was playing in GP Boston, I would play either the Flamespeaker Jun deck or uh, what I have called Blood Rats at this point. Yeah. Um, just uh, a more aggressive style where, I mean, it was sort of like, it's sort of the more, way more aggressive st- take from Jun, where Jun, you try to thought seize them and then stick one of your threats, whether it be Bob, Flamespeaker, or Pack Rat, each of them with the ability. To take over games by itself, and um, and for Blood Rats, it's sort of like the same thing, except you're trying to throw all these uh, discard spells, and you're trying to land a game-ending Pack Rat or Blood Moon in this case. Yeah. Um, so when you, my say, th- when you say game-ending, there are like ninety percent of the format can interact with the result Blood Moon. Yeah. Oh wow. Especially game then, one. When you say game-ending. Pack rat, you just mean like a pack rat that you can protect until it wins, or do you mean like some kind of weird combo where you make a pack rat and then go infinite? No, well, it's co- just pack rat on like a stalled boar has like the ability to just like it's just it's just overwhelming, right? Like yeah. it just it constantly, yeah, yeah. No, I just, I just wanted to make sure, yeah. If you're yeah. running your pack rat on five in modern, it's pretty good. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I've actually been testing with a deck that I'm playing Aether Vial. Like I've been playing the black white kind of deck that we saw, you know, Craig Wesco playing around with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put three Aether Vials into it, and three Aether Vials has been a lot of fun with the deck. Hmm. Where it's like I literally am like you know tapping it on the end of my third turn to drop a rat and make a token at the same time, or hitting a guy with a Tide Hollow Sculler on his draw step. That's neat. Cute. So it, it can do some fun stuff. Nice. Um, so, and I don't know if that's what I'm going to be playing. Um, I was thinking about just playing terrible decks instead. Because, <laughs> you know, that's in my wheelhouse. Oh, <laughs> uh, you wanted my thoughts on the Blood Rats. That I, yeah, I, yeah. Like, it just seemed like it, it kind of... Uh, it takes advantages of strange situations where your opponent can't actually interact with it. Right, right. But it just requires, um, you know, well, we've all played decks, and it doesn't always line up. It's like birthing pod when you don't have pod in your hand. And, and in, in this deck, if you don't have the discard and you're, and you're going into, like, like, pack rat into, like, blood moon or something, and you're against, like, a counter spell deck, I mean, there's, there's just some things that don't really work, and sometimes I face against decks that have shackles in them, which is unbelievably amazing against it because there are no outs in this deck to a shackles. Uh, Jun has abrupt decay, so and you miss, you do miss sticking a goif. I mean, sticking a goif sometimes end games against decks, and you just don't have that here. You have flame speaker that's a lot more. Um, you know, they can top deck out of it if you're talking about a bolt electrolyzed lightning helix type of deck, whereas goif. You know, they, they really need, um, if they have white, they, they need path. Uh, but other decks just don't really have a good answer for him. So I'm not going to play this list. It's very, very wonky. <laughs> so 
um, likely to play something more solid or has a more solid reputation like Jund or Junk, which you know obviously finished in the finals of the GP uh, Scott and I played at. Yeah, I know, like, going back to your whole comment on, you know, not having Tarmogoyf and stuff like that, it's like, if you look at, like, Rug Twin, Rug Twin does all kinds of crazy stuff, and the thing that always kills people, you know, everyone's always afraid of Twin, whereas it's just Tarmogoyf. They, <laughs> they cast Tarmogoyf, and they beat your face down because you're too, you're too caught up in making sure you don't die to the Twin combo that this Tarmogoyf just beats the living tar out of you. Yeah. <sighs> It's just funny how we've been talking about like I love Jay's reaction. We've been talking about Pac Rat since forever when he like didn't understand why it was good and now it's played in Modrin. <laughs> it's played in fucking Modrin and it's insane. What was that? Modrin? Yeah, because people don't play Supreme Verdicts or Detention Sphere unless your name is Shaheen Surani. That's who right. plays both in his uh, in his uh, control deck, so What about like what about like Bioblight? Doesn't get played in modern. No. Uh, no, I mean like Maelstrom Pulse had a Jund in Green Black. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's it's like it's a really strong card in modern. Well, I mean, you get the same thing happening with Karanos in modern too, right? Yeah, like, that card's just nutty. Shouldn't it be insane in standard? In fact, I think it well, is. The problem is you've got Banishing Light, Detention Sphere, Deicide, and some pe- some people play like the Tuck Effects, right? Because the Thass oh, is such a thing. Right. So, I mean, aside from that, now, here's something that blows your mind. Um, potting into Karanos and Kiki Pod seems fucking retarded. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that seems very good. Yeah. So that's a thing. Honestly, like I think Kiki Pod is is without question one of the most powerful decks in the format. Although it has the potential to be like the greediest or most inconsistent, um, I think it's is absurdly powerful. Very very complex, but it can kill you out of nowhere so fast. So I don't know, one of the best fair not fair decks maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, so that's gonna be awesome, and then uh, and then Saturday night, like Kyle and his and his son are staying here, and I guess you're staying here too. Saturday night, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what my plan my plan is. Yeah, and then so we'll we'll get something firing off on Saturday. God knows what it's gonna be, whether it's like a four beer limit boost cube or not. We'll see. And then uh, the next day is the WMCQs, and so that's all standard. And standard, of course, the Pro Tour. We got a, a few new decks that's come out, a little bit of shakeup. Everybody and their mother fucking playing red decks online. It's just so it's so disgusting. I played Jund Walkers with Jerry Thompson on my stream on Monday, and it was amazing. Uh, except for the fact that we played against Red White Burn three fucking games in a row. Wow! Played it on Magic Online, where that is. I was in a date. I was in a fucking eight man, and I played it three yeah. games in a row. And I you was have just... to play dailies in order to avoid it. It's so bad. Yeah. So bad. Anyways, it did not make me very happy. Thankfully, we got a game in against Brad, which kind of redeemed the stream a little bit. We lost, but it was still a game versus Brad Nelson, so that was cool. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know, man. I, I, KYT posted earlier, is everybody fucking playing Ravel Red? Like, yeah, everyone is. I mean, when Stoke the Flames is four fucking tickets on Magic Online, we have a serious problem. Yeah, almost. 
Holy shit, I should be selling those. Yeah, we have a serious fucking problem. Anyways, end rant. So, what should I be playing? I have no idea what to play in standard. Red, white, burn. No. Really? Yeah, sure, why not? I don't know, is, is that... Is the, the Jun Walkers good? Uh, no, I don't... I, so, I don't believe the Jun Walkers is the right deck for a WMCQ. There, I said it. I just said that a Planeswalker deck is not... A Jund Planeswalker deck yeah. is probably not where you want to be for the WMCQ. I just You're said feeling alright? <laughs> I, seriously. I'm pretty sure that, like, Anaya Walkers or something like that, like, a, a Planeswalker strategy week one new format is going to be ridiculous. It'll be 100% where you want to be because everyone else is still scrambling and figuring out, and you just want to be doing the most powerful things possible, and the Planeswalkers that will have post-rotation are crazy. They're all so crazy. Like, Elspeth is really good. Xenagos is totally proving his value. Nissa is ridiculous. Like, you know, any fucking, even, like, White Green and Johnny is good. Like, there's just there's so many good, 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 good cards. Um, and the Planeswalkers are all amazing, and a pile of the good creatures are rotating out. We lose Demon. We lose, like, there's just, you know, it's it's really going to come down. And that being the case, I mean, I think you can sit and wait on it, but I don't think it's the deck right now. I really don't. It's just clunky. It's really, really clunky. You need to have, like, the perfect build and hit all the right matchups. I yeah. think Mono Blue is still very, very, very good, which makes me sad to say, because I hate that deck more than life. Um, but there's a lot of people that play it, and they do very, very well by it. I mean, it fucking took three slots in the top eight at the at GPA trick, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's still doing really well. And the burn deck's also doing very well, and it's being played everywhere. So, I mean, like, green-white, if built properly, can do fairly well, but then it dies, like, it rolls over like a stinky cheese to, <laughs> to like, control, right? So it's just like, ugh. I don't know. I just don't even know what I would play. Like, that's the other half of the reason why I'm not going to play in the WMCQ. I'm actually just not even going to play. Um, Are you showing up for the Geist, though? Uh, no, I've made arrangements. I don't even need okay. to register myself for a Geist, so we're good. Sweet! Mm -hmm. Um... I've been, like, just fucking around as per usual with decks that I don't even plan to play on the event. It just gives me a good feel, and I've been playing JVL's Genesis Hydra deck, which is so much fucking fun. Um, <laughs> just been testing against Kyle's son, actually, and uh, he's playing, like, Black Rakdos uh, Black Devotion, um, and just getting a Hydra to 16-16 was sweet! Um, seems to have a great matchup against Mono Black because of Hydra, you just, like, get... You, like, Mono Black tries to attrition you, but you have Hydra and Planeswalkers, so you generally come up just a step ahead, and you just overpower them. And I imagine it might actually be decent against Control, because yeah. of the uncounterable... Uh, Potential uh, to stick an uncounterable walker is pretty good. Right. I, I can see that deck actually being probably the better version of Jund Walkers. It, it feels pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, the only game I lost to today, I didn't play that much. I played like five or six matches. Uh, was the finals of an eight man? I, I tweeted about it. I lost to a blue green Yisan deck with profit. It was like profit bet and just just kept. It's like I was val outvaluing every deck I played. Not only does it have um, like it's like probably an okay control matchup, a good mono black matchup. 
it beats Rabble Red because it can have the same Burning Tree Emissary start, but like you, if you have it and they have it, you're pushing the game towards a place that you can win because you have more powerful spells. Yeah. And you play Disciples out of the board. But I lost to a deck that actually outvalued me because it's like, okay, Yisan, get something. Okay, I have profit, so I untap at your step so I can get something again. I'm like, what the fuck? And then he has Kiora's followers as well with six mana. I'm like, okay. It just kept shitting out things and it plays Court of Calling. And I just sat there. I'm like, wow, I'm actually like, there's just no way to come back from this deck because every turn he's shitting out two creatures from his library, like into play. And uh, so, but, but I talked to the guy after the match and he feels like he's played the deck a bunch locally and he thinks mono black is a bad matchup for him so um because i guess playing like cards like yisan that you know just dies to spot and removal and profit that probably aren't that strong uh against mono black makes it a bit weaker in that matchup but i was pretty impressed at uh, i'm like this is birthing pod all over again but I don't think I'm I'm not planning to play Genesis Hydra. I'm actually planning to play the uh Sam Black's V Moshowitz um deck that they played at the Pro Tour, which is the twelve Pack Rats type deck, which is Precinct Captain, Brimaz, and Pack Rat and a shit bunch of ways to protect it and some yeah. classic removal spells. And yeah, see that there. sounds like something I could get behind. So where do I learn about that? Where I I'll just ship you the list. I'll just ship you the list. It's yeah, ship, find, ship, find, ship. You, find you the link. Um, it even plays like I, I feel like I talked about it last show. The M15 common, the uh, the ethereal shields or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. So Sam Sam wrote in his article this week that he's not sure that that's actually a good card anymore. <laughs> right, right. And what I'm excited is I hope Z posts his article uh, mm. tonight because he tweeted a week ago a few days ago that, that he posted an article this week and then looking in depth at his 75, he'll provide even a cyborg guy that he'd run the 75 back. Wow. So I'm really interested in hearing his thoughts on, uh, on that card in particular and, and all the matchups and everything. So hopefully it comes out. If it's not, I'm going to be fucking disappointed, but uh, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a deck that focuses on, Sticking a threat—it feels like I'm doing that in modern as well. Sticking a threat and hoping it gets fucking there. So yeah. that's nice. going to be my approach. Okay. Good luck, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in town. That's going to be sick. Um, another interesting bit of news that matters to me, and uh, I need some help. Maybe you guys can help me out. Uh, so the. Announcements were made for the Community Cup. Ooh. In terms of what we're playing. Ooh, yes. Okay. Okay. So Friday is Vintage Masters Booster Draft. Shit. Okay. I have. There, there's a twist. I don't know what the twist is. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I have drafted fucking zero Vintage Masters. Let's just start with the fact that I draft almost never. Right. Okay, so draft, already in trouble. Two, Vintage Masters, never drafted it once. Watched okay. a couple drafts, fine. I have some ideas of what's going on. I need some help. Um, I reached out on Twitter. 
I'm streaming Vintage Masters Draft with Tom Martell on Monday. <laughs> okay, good, good. That's so that's a good start. start. <laughs> uh, Frank, of course, has done like over 70 Vintage Masters Drafts, so he's good. Um, and he'll help me out as well, but like, this is going to be an issue. So, that. Uh, we're also, the Iron Root Chef is back. So players who build and play standard constructed decks with a couple of spices added to the rules. Basically, there's five cards, which are the ingredients for the Iron Root Chef format. We selected by Magic R&D, as well as Walking the Plains host, Nate Holt. So prior to us building our decks, the five ingredients will be revealed. We have an hour to build eight standard legal decks. All five deck ingredients must be used by each team, with three people required to use two of the ingredients. And all decks on a side must include at least one ingredient. Crazy. Okay, so there's each deck receives zero to five points from each of the three judges, and these points are added to the score, and match wins are worth three points. Yeah. Right? So we play three rounds of Swiss. Each deck has a maximum of making nine points, but even if you go, like, fucking 0-3 and you have the most flavorful deck, you can earn up to 15 points. So what cards do you think are the cards that would be in this. Like, you know, there's no always... Like, like Hot Soup, right? Yeah. Hot Soup? I don't know about Hot Soup. I mean, maybe that's too blatant, but... So anyway, so we've got our resident standard aficionado working on this already. So Tom Ross is already on the deck building. Okay, yeah, well, that's good, because Tom Ross, like, that's right up his alley. I think yeah. he could do some really nutty shit. He's, uh... He's starting to look at interesting and underplayed cards in standard that they might choose. So he's he's ahead. Um, so that's fantastic. We're excited there. Eight booster sealed is happening on Saturday. Eight so sealed. Yeah. So here's what happened. So we have to build forty card decks for three rounds of action from eight booster packs, and those eight booster packs are going to be voted on by you guys in the days leading up to the event. So there'll be eight separate votes to take place, with a few booster packs available to vote on each time. The winner of each vote will be one of the boosters that the Community Wizards team must build their sealed deck from. Huh. So it's like the biggest wacky sealed draft ever. That's crazy. Okay. Wow. Added bonus. Added bonus. Uh, the packs that the community votes on will also be playable in scheduled Phantom events during the Community Cup. Nice. So you not only choose a format for me, you're going to choose it for all of you as well. That's pretty sweet. So I'm not terrible at sealed. Um, so I feel like that's gonna be okay. Like, if I'm gonna play limited, it's 100% sealed. Um, and I tend to do okay there. Um, Saturday, the last round is cube draft with stipulations. And so, the way this works... at draft and stuff like that? Yeah, so, like, there's 16 stipulations split into two envelopes. They're randomly assigned to the eight players on each team. Once we receive our envelope of stipulations, we're able to trade stipulations before going into the draft. They were designed by Gavin Verhey, the only person to win the Community Cup as part of Community and Wizards. Anyway, so we have to abide by these stipulations during the draft. Some of them could be a little crazy, so who knows whatever we're going to get. So, like, that's going to be fucking crazy. I don't know what to expect. It may be things like no cards with casting costs greater than X, no cards with casting costs less than X. Like, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what we have to battle through. There's like four tournaments that we have to try to battle against wizards with. So I need some help with like vintage masters and I'm going to need some help with cube draft. 
Well, vintage is like nice because like you draft goblins, and goblins is like probably the easiest deck to put together. Okay. Um, um Tom says draft all the all the astral slides, all the cyclers, and flame two cabu, and win the game. Yeah, that's actually that's one of the other decks, uh, and then the other one is like blue green madness. Yeah. So, which enough people on my team are already fighting over, so I can stay clear away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you can if you can get the slide deck, then that's a pretty damn good deck. Like the slide deck usually ends up being just like the old modern masters, like draft all the good cards and yeah. all the cyclers and just play, you know, the five color good stuff deck. Now, should I be asking Dizzy about Storm? <laughs> Probably, right? Probably. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another person who'd be great to talk to is uh Kenji. Nice. He streamed an infinite amount. You know, well, he's, he's 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 alumni for the community team. I'm sure he's got, you know, something in there. So so my next streams, like now that now that this is the biggest thing for me, all of my streams moving forward are gonna have to be fucking drafts. So I'm gonna be doing uh vintage masters drafts or like is is Moto Cube still up? Does that go up soon? Uh, like, let me take a quick look. I'm just I'm on Moto right now. Let's see. Anyways. So, like, that I'll have to do as well. Uh, you have Vintage Master Drafts and no cubing right now. Okay. So I'll have to find, I'll have to figure out how to draft cube. I don't know. Jay, maybe you can help me with that. Sure. We'll take a look. I'm sure somebody's got the Moto Cube built on Cube Tutor, and you guys could do, like, drafts that way. Nice. Yes. Good. I like that. Okay. Um, and then, as a reward for all of this craziness, I get to be one of the first eight people in the world to do a car- cons of Tarkir sealed deck. Wow. Because we have to figure out which color is going to have the one in eight chance of having a better rare. That's yeah. awesome. So. so what, so the community cup finishes up on Sunday and the eight of us are going to participate in a single elimination fe- featuring cons of Tarkir a week before the face-to-face magic pre-release. So we're going to get to choose from one of the five clans to represent. No more than two of each one can be selected. Each match will be streamed consecutively. So I think we're actually going to do like a live pre-release. Like We're actually going to get the pre-release box. We're going to crack it open and play it. I don't think that'll be online. I think that'll be like a paper magic thing. Yeah, probably. That makes sense. Like Kind of like how they did their conspiracy video. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like really exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So I just need somebody important to tell me what box to go for. That's all I need. You know what else you get to do? Because isn't this, or no, does this overlap with packs again? Uh, so I don't know if it, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but also what's amazing is, is this actually happens. Um, the entire set goes up the next day. So like, so we'll do our big pre-release. So you guys will see a pile of cards. And then on the Monday, the entire set will go up on the Magic the Gathering website. Okay, yeah. So that's when they'll spoil? Yeah, so we'll have spoilers leading up to. Yeah, pretty sweet. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see where we, where we want to be. I have a feeling that I want to be in, like, uh, Jeskai, Abzan, or... I think those are the two that I'm looking at. Ideally, I think that the... The other one that I might be interested in is the the rug one, but we'll see. But I think like rug, blue eye red, or junk are sort of like those color combinations are in my wheelhouse. I think. And you get to do like the crazy tour and all that kind of stuff. Usually, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that's going to be good, too. So, yeah, I so I'm going to need some help and stuff, so you guys can feel free to chime in and, and help me out and link me to stuff, and all of that would be amazing. Tom Ross has already linked me to a sealed deck generator, so I'm going to, like, run some of those on the side. This is, this is going to be neat. So, yeah, hopefully you guys, like, watch it, enjoy it. Hopefully we don't totally suck out. But, yeah, I need, like, all of the Vintage Masters help I can get, for sure. It's going to be fun seeing you play it on stream. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to, I just try not to swear. Honestly, I just have to try not to swear on stream. What the fuck? Like, what are we even fucking doing here? Fuck I, it, of uh, course you have that. I did an episode of Monday Night Magic recently, and they had to bleep me a couple times, so you guys are going to work. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. No, it's they sat there and they're like, you can't say that. I'm like, bullshit's completely fine. That's all. <laughs> I say that on TV here. Yeah, yeah. So, so not only did they give me shit, I actually argued with them over it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I I don't know. Uh, I just don't know. It, it it's standard. Fuck. You can do it, man. Crush yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. They're it's gonna fine. be like, okay, and we need somebody to build the deck around the chain veil, and you're just gonna be like, I'm so there. Because <laughs> chain veil is totally an iron chef card. Yes. You, think? you know, like that's the type of decks that they want to do. Like they want it to be. They're going to want to showcase the cards that they thought were good that aren't. Well, no, not even that. It's just, like, the cards that you have to build around. Like, you're yeah. probably going to have, like, a Pixis, a Pandemonium deck that has to be built. Well, last time, okay, they picked Goblin Test Pilot. Yeah. Perfectly Angelic Accord. Card. Yeah. Feed the Pack. Yeah. Conjured Currency. Yeah. yeah. And Stryonic Resonator. Okay, maybe you're right. Stryonic Resonator, maybe you're right. And Conjured Currency. Yeah, 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 Currency is just, like, asking to be abused in an awkward way. All right. All right, all right. Maybe you're right. Like, it's going to be those cards. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. It's going to be good. So, I guess that's basically going to wrap up this week, right? Uh, you know, like, I think we're pretty much in a good spot right now. Um, I got a, uh, I got a San Diego Comic-Con set. Good! Yeah, nice. Way too much for it. Oh. But, you know how it is. But I, I've got a giant axe, so I haven't given that to my little one yet, but I think tomorrow she's gonna swing at people. Nice. So, nice. fun. Yeah. Good. Um, I, uh been reaching out to a lot of people who kind of still are trickling in with comments about the GPs and the judging situation and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of positive stuff coming out of that. So that's really great. And then uh, I've been working with some of the local judges. I want to try and get myself set up to get my L2 sooner than later. And I'm right now looking to see if Ottawa in a judging capacity is in my future. So that's Sweet. kind of my future plan is that I might try and get out to judge Ottawa. Cool. Yeah. Because that would be fun. Agree. And I imagine you might be there? No. Why not? When is it? Ottawa. <laughs> when is it? Ottawa. When is it? Ottawa. 
No, it matters. When is it? It's in November. Ugh. Ugh. What, <laughs> what fucking? It'll be freezing in Ottawa. What format is it? Sealed. Uh, oh god. I think. Yeah. So much worse. It's in Sealed. Ottawa. Isn't that like next door? No. It's a four-hour drive. Like I won't fly it. It's a four-hour drive. It's almost fucking halfway to Boston. You might as well just jump on a train. Yeah, I guess I could do that. Right? Like, the train The train seemed perfectly serviceable to do Montreal, so... Yeah, the train's not bad. Yeah. Mm. Just do Ottawa. I don't know. Ottawa. So, GP, GP Toronto is actually downtown Toronto this time. Yeah, so where is that going to be? The Metro Toronto Convention Center? Yeah, I don't it's know what It's fucking that is. huge. It's huge. It's right, right, right downtown. Like, on Front Street, downtown. By the lakeshore downtown, like, like it is downtown. How do they have money for that? Well, I don't know, but the other thing which amazes me is I don't know how people are gonna fucking get there. So I think it could just be the softest Grand Prix ever, since nobody's gonna fly in there because it's like a hundred and eighty dollar cab ride from the airport. Holy shit! I mean, no, I'm see, exaggerating people, people but don't, slightly. People don't factor in cab rides. People don't factor in cab rides, and they fucking should. Yeah, that is not a small cab ride back from the airport, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, but cab rides are not, like, a consideration for those types of things. I don't know what the hotels are going to be like there. I imagine they might for a room rate. <laughs> yeah, your, like, discount rate will be 220 I don't know. I used to, when I went down there for Walmart meetings, I could stay, like, on the waterfront at, like, there was one hotel down there that was pretty inexpensive. It was, like, 110 mm. Yeah, we're not quite on the waterfront. We're in downtown Toronto. That's close enough. All right. Anyways, <laughs> I I just don't think that this. I I think it'll be the everyone. There's a lot of people that have been asking for it because they don't want it. You know, because it's like they want it in Toronto. Yeah. And I think that this will be the last time they do it. But we'll see. I'm going to be very interested to see what the entry fee is going to be for that. <laughs> well, who's running it? Oh, right. Well, you know, like the the big thing about it is is that the judge compensation has to go up because the foils won't exist. Yep. And entry fees for GPs haven't gone up in a very long time. Correct. So I think next year is going to be at least a $10 price hike. Well, we'll see. GPs. So, we yeah. We'll see. And it's funny because that's the only thing that, it, like, that kind of thing, like the price hike for a GP... I don't feel like it discourages people for traveling to GPs, but I did feel like it discourages like locals to go to it. If that makes any sense. Hmm. Well, we'll see. We will see. We'll see. We'll and see. you will see us next week. <laughs> right here. I gotta. Oh yeah, I gotta remember to shout out Evil Beer because I never do. Um, nice. But, uh, awesome dude. Always supporting me in the show, so thank you so much, Eric. Love you, and uh, fuck John Jones. <laughs> Dude. Fuck John Jones. Eric, Eric has lost over 135 pounds. Wow, really? Yeah. That's sick. That's yeah. insane. I'm so proud of him. It's ridiculous. Anyways. Uh, I also just wanted to do a quick shout-out to some people that I met in Portland. Um, I'm sure I'm going to forget some people, so I apologize. 
But thanks, first of all, everybody to get me down there, because that's super amazing. Special thanks to Marcel for doing, basically, as far as I know, all the work. And uh, Maddie and Kevy and Marcel for all making sure that I, um, you know, got what I needed and uh, everything was great. And then uh, I wanted to make sure that I said a uh, big shout-out to Eric from Albuquerque, uh, Jess and Adrian and Malcolm for having a great time, especially Jess and Malcolm for... Um, hanging out with us at the house, Malcolm for playing Wolf and being so bad at it. Um, I only got to see Doug for like five minutes, but he was doing well. He didn't win, obviously, we know now, but he was doing well at the time. Um, Skylar and Britt for giving me a ride from the airport. Eve for being a great guy. Timols, who has like the biggest heart on the whole planet. Not close. Not even close. Um, TSG, who I thought yeah. was such a piece of shit, but is a super great person. <laughs> uh, Trevor. Slick, who I don't even know his real name. I think it's Steve, but I don't know. It is. Yeah. Um, Lynn and Winter. Lynn, oh, who, by the way, popped up to me on the street before I'd even really met him and gave me a top-of-the-line golf rangefinder camera uh, that he's been saving to give to me. That was fucking sweet. Wow. Um, both Travis's, Grumpy and Travis number two. Uh, Jim and Terry, who were amazing, amazing people. Um, Ray, Jade, Aaron, Jr. Especially Jr. for just not dying. I'm super glad I didn't have to deal with that. Um, Paul for being the the best Kiwi this uh, this side of the equator. Um, I have Marcel written down like three times. Uh, Spivey, who is a great. I used to really not like him on Twitter, but he's a good person. Um, I did get to see Spranks, who had a great time. I think she was a little overwhelmed by our party on Saturday, um, and the cops coming. Um, but she, she had a great time. So, and I'm super glad that she's finding success with the, uh, with the cosplay, um, which I, so I wanted to make sure I said that, um, obviously a big shout out to the Portland police for not fucking with our (laughs) shit and knowing what's up. Uh, Jeff Woods finally got to meet that guy and he is legit. Uh, Zach Levine, I got to talk to for all six seconds, but, uh, it was great to hang out with that guy. And then, uh, obviously my wife for letting me go. So, pew pew. All right. Are we doing shout outs now? Yeah. No, I just, that was a special occasion shout out. You don't, you still don't get shout outs. We have two people who've done shout outs. You don't get them. I I didn't get a chance to uh, talk about TSG that much, but we we did cube. He allowed me to cube with him, and it was really fun. With uh, Brian, Travis, him, Jackie, and, and Matt. It was like the whites against the Asians. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the whites prevailed, <laughs> but it was a very enjoyable experience, and uh, it was really fun. And I wanted the last thing I wanted to do with Jay is like I wanted to do a mock Magic TV <laughs> video that would have been so <laughs> sick. Just just TSG like laying in the chair and have Jay on the other side. That would have been sick, but uh, no time for that. <laughs> no time for that. That's why we got to do another one of these. All right, folks, we'll see you all next week. Tune in, hear about all of our shenanigans. We'll talk to you soon. The shenanigans.